Hello, and welcome to episode 123 of Film Night. My name's Richie. My name's Jack. My name's Henry. And my name's Joe. And in today's episode, uh, we're talking about all the Oscar bait. Yay. How's everyone doing? Very well, thank you, Richie. How's, how's your few weeks been? Yeah, I've been alright. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been another fucking month since we've done this again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, sorry to listeners for that, but uh, I think I'll have to well, say that it's likely to be like this for the foreseeable future, I think. Yeah, times are mm. changing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, our schedules aren't really what they used to be, and it's uh, it's quite difficult to get us all in uh, one virtual room together, so... <laughs> um, say. But, but the good thing is that now when we do return, it's like a special bumper edition. Yeah, uh, there's definitely some upsides to it. Um, mm. Plus, maybe people get less bored of us. Yeah, impossible. Like they'll, be, they'll, they'll be like waiting at the, the you know, at the, the side of their phones for days on end to some constantly refreshing brain. iTunes. Yeah, refreshing iTunes, and all of a sudden, boom! A twenty-hour yeah. episode comes up. <laughs> God. And they're like, well, hey. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, sorry again about that. But if you are doing. You know, if you are refreshing your phone, waiting for an episode, please don't do that. You know, just just turn on notifications, and uh, <laughs> in a month's time, we'll have another episode out. And uh, you know, who who knows? Maybe we should change our name to Phil Month. Yeah, <laughs> that might be better. But uh, it wasn't it wasn't Film Week, though, was it? <laughs> no. So, uh, how's everyone been doing? I presume, Joe, uh, you've been saying that you've been unwell recently yeah i've not been not been too bad too well um i've had a banging headache all week um i think it's mm. this flu that's been going around oh, sorry to hear that. i seem to yeah i seem to have fought it off uh sort of today and it's not been too bad it's still there but it's not as bad as it was earlier on in the week yeah. so yeah that's been that's been my week really yeah so because of this you're uh you're recording from the comfort of your own home not yeah, to. I didn't want to, you know, I could have probably come to you, Richie, but I'm not going to lie, if it was contagious or I didn't really want to give it... <laughs> That's give all right, it, yeah, I don't want it, so... No, um, everyone so wins. Thought, well, yeah, probably best if I stay at home, should we say, even yeah. though you are only seven minutes down the road. <laughs> yeah, that's right, so so this time, uh, unlike last time when Joe and I were together, it's now all four of us in separate locations, so it's going to be quite difficult to not talk over each other and shit. But, uh, what is that? Yeah. Is that you breathing? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Am I not allowed to fucking no, breathe? No, but I'm sorry. Could anyone else hear that? If you could just yes, hold your sorry. breath for the majority of the show, Woody, that'd be uh, great. It might not be. It might not be. I've got my window open. I don't know, but it was just like a constant... <gasps> <laughs> I, thought... no, this is really... this I did is think really we were having a conversation with Darth Vader. Yeah. Good Jesus. Um... Can I just 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 leave you for two moments? My dog's barked. Um, <laughs> just gotta go let her out. Two this, moments. This is already a fucking shambles. I thought he was gonna. Say, I thought he was gonna say my dog's just. It's <laughs> 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 uh, got to leave you. My dog's just defecated in my room. Sorry. <laughs> oh my Christ! Right. So, Woody, how have you been for the past month, apart from the breathing difficulties, obviously? Oh my god, oh Christ. I'm 200 miles away and I'm still getting sick. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, d- dirty meddling, Richie. Can't complain. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Working hard and playing hard. 
Uh, I'm actually on. I'm actually five days into a twelve-day working stint. Ooh, wow! Really, so... 12, 12, 12 consecutive days. Twelve on the bounce. Yeah. What are your hours like? Um. Well, it's nine to half five. But all right. If I finish at half five, I'll show me out to the Vatican. <laughs> <laughs> Never happens. <laughs> <sighs> Well, yeah, some, sometimes if I work late, it'd be half ten in in the morning till till seven. So, right, it varies. Wow. It varies. Bob. So it sounds like you're having a good time. I, I mean, have we? Have you even? Have you even kind of explained your job to the listeners before? I, um, I don't know. I think. Yeah, I think so. Did you? Uh, working as a journalist in Western Supermare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair old enough. news. Old news, Richard. Yeah. Come sorry. On. You know, just trying to give you a bit of limelight. Jesus, wept. Well, um, like, Henry, what, what what stories have you broke this week? Oh God! There's Any been all juicy sorts murders? Of uh, well, I was working late last night, and um, there's a murder. A guy who's been uh, charged with murder, uh, killing his wife, allegedly. Um, allegedly, yeah, allegedly. Just get that in there. Allegedly. <laughs> I presume it's fine to talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm working the weekend tomorrow, which is a bit grim. But I get two days off in a few weeks' time, so it's, it's nice. But just very. Very difficult, very hard work. But um, yeah, you enjoying I it? Think, oh yeah, really enjoying it, Richie. Yeah, yeah good, really good. enjoying it. Um, but I think the person we do want to talk about work-related stuff is our good buddy Jack Francis Clark. Mm. Um, okay, but are you sure there's not another bit of news you want to reveal? Uh, no, <laughs> no. I, I, th- oh. I think he's uh, I think he's keeping stum about that one. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I just just wanted to check. It's going to come up well. later in the episode, Woody. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm brace myself, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so my little bit, piece of news for you is, well, I've already mentioned on this show that um, part of my work at the moment is we're working on this Netflix death row documentary. Oh, yeah. And uh, for the last couple of weeks, um, we were on location in, in the beautiful place of Slough, um, <laughs> doing doing some Hold drama. Time, David Brent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, filming some drama reconstruction. Um, you know, you've seen the type of thing. They have it on, like, Crime Watch. And um, I'm going to be on Netflix. <laughs> oh, my really? God. <laughs> yes, I'm going to be acting on Netflix. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> and basically, the reason the reason is, um, <laughs> they, ask, they ask this... Obviously, they get these actors in, and um, it's not a speaking role because it's all... You know, reconstruction, so it's not like a proper... Um, <laughs> That's you know, even you know, better. You don't have to learn lines or anything, but you kind of have to just reenact the crimes. Um, so this guy came in... Please tell me that you're playing a rapist. Yes, yeah, <laughs> child sex offender. <laughs> no, it's... No, it's um, but it's quite, a, it's quite a big role, actually, because one of the episodes is based around a guy called Josh Nelson, and he, him and one of his best friends murdered one of their peers, and I play the guy who, basically, I'm his co-defendant. <laughs> so, I I also killed the guy along with the main guy, but but the episode isn't about. <laughs> but, the, but the episode isn't about me. It's about Josh Nelson. But I'm his best friend who also was in on the murder. So it's quite a big role. Um, <laughs> so, so this so this guy turned up who was meant to play um, this character who's called Keith Brennan, and he had a beard which they he didn't tell us about and he didn't want to shave um right and this character 
was clean shaven. So, you know, for, for accuracy, they didn't want him to play the part. So they asked me <laughs> <laughs> to step up to the plate and, and I did. And basically, yeah, I had to Unbelievable. Why didn't that retard just not shave? Is he fucking not looking for work? Christ. I don't know. Like they had, they had a yeah. razor on set, and they had it all ready for him. He just didn't want to do what? it. So, well, hang on a minute. He's supposed to be a professional actor. If you're a professional actor, you flipping shave anywhere. Yeah, you tell him, Joe. You're required to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Obviously, not very professional. But... I mean, not if you're fucking Superman. Uh, you wouldn't. You just CG that shit out. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. So, yeah, when it comes out on Netflix, um, you're going to be able to see me, a.k.a. Robert De Niro. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't actually know how much I'll be in it, because obviously they'll edit it. And, you just so it, may only be a few, it may only be a few short shots. Um, Jack, if I'm I watch sh- this fucking thing and you're not even in it at all, I'll be very pissed off. No, that, no that's <laughs> the thing. I'm guaranteed to be in it, because I am such a big character. I'm not like an extra. I am Thank one of the you. main guys in the episode. Oh, my all God. Right. Wow. Think a lot of so, yourself already, don't you? Jeez. Well, no, but in order to tell the story, they have to... Like, they can't cut me out. <laughs> When's it going to be airing? Um, not 100% sure, but there's a small sort of niche UK crime channel that it's going to be out on first. Um, right. I think it's called CNI, like Crime and Investigation. Um and according to the deal that they've struck with Netflix, um, Netflix can't bring it onto their homepage until it's been on that for six months. Um, right. So it, it's it's still a while away. It might be sort of October or something. Um, right. But you know that's that's Netflix. Like when it comes out on this other channel, you should still be able to watch it then. Yeah. Getting so some feedback ve- from someone. Yeah. So I'm very excited for my acting debut to be uh, revealed to the world. Really. Yeah, how do you feel about this, uh, Joe? Because you've been working your arse off to be a professional actor, and Jack <laughs> fucking walks into Sky and is just like, "Oh, can I just uh, be on be yeah, a big I part mean, in this thing?" And, I, mean, you know? I mean, I mean, Jack, when when were you filming this? What day? Why didn't you call Joe? It was a couple of weeks ago. Oh right, okay. I was going to say I was down near your end, and no, well, we, Southampton uh, on Wednesday. Got to call the, me in. It was Jack. the week before last. Right. You've usurped this role from Joe, Jack. I mean, you may you may not even really see my face because the way they do these crime reconstructions is it's like they kind of it's not well, all in fo- it's, so it's not all in focus. Just to, just to get it straight, are you playing uh, somebody bad? A nonce, yeah. No, it's not a nonce. He he wasn't a sexual offender. Right, but that we Jack, know of. You, you you need to you need to get your identity covered up because yeah. you'll be walking down the street and people will start hailing abuse at you. I will. You know, <laughs> think, think, think you, you need to get yourself a security guard. Well, I've not thought about that, Joe, but maybe. Yeah, yeah Joe, Joe, I know you're bitter, but Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I> was, yeah. <laughs> but who knows, this could be the start of a whole new life for me, boys. So for any any future endeavours like this, Jack, are you going to call Joe and see if he wants a part, or are you just going to, you know, take it yourself? <laughs> I'll have to see. I mean, if I think Joe's the right man for the role, then unfucking believable. But I, I t- call your... director Jack over here. Call <laughs> yourself a mate. Shit. You've got to take your opportunities, boys. You, you've got to seize the moment. What a shit house, Jesus! <laughs> oh, good on you. That's what I say. So yeah, but I wasn't paid any extra for that. <laughs> Get your invoicing, Jack. For next, <laughs> hundred and fifty quid a day. You want? Yeah, well, they were all sort of joking around with me, saying, "Oh, you're going to ask for the," but no, I, I think it'd be a bit, a bit cheeky, really. <laughs> yeah, you oh, already. It really 
good experience. You're already using their office to record your fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's my bit of news. Right. Wow. Well, that is absolutely village, and I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> I know. I'm really excited for it. Yep. Okay. Are we, are we ready to get into our first review? We. Yeah, right. why not? Alright, um, okay, so, yeah, we're doing all the Oscar bait shit that's out at the moment, and the first thing that we're going to be talking about is The Darkest Hour. Here's a clip. I think it's just Darkest Hour, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Alright, let me do that again. And the first thing we're going to be talking about is Darkest Hour. Here's a clip. Have you seen this? <laughs> What's so funny? Prime Minister. Sir. Yes, what is it? Um, perhaps. Um, look, I'm, I'm not sure if you know this, but, um, uh, but, but, but the way you're doing your V for victory sign, hmm? well, in the poorer quarters, that gesture means something else. What does it mean? Well, I wouldn't like to say, sir. I was captured by the boar. I spent time in a South African prison. Up your bum. Sir. Up your bum. (laughs) 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 The way you're doing it, sir, yes, sir. (laughs) But if if you turn it around, that's fine. (laughs) I wouldn't like millions of people to take it the wrong way. (laughs) Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think it might be V Dark <laughs> That's alright, I've still got the other take. <laughs> Darkest Hour is the, directed by Joe Wright and it stars Gary Oldman, Kristen Scott Thomas, Ben Mendelssohn, Lily James, and Ronald Pickup. And the synopsis is. During the early days of World War II, the fate of Western Europe hangs on the newly appointed British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who must decide whether to negotiate with Hitler or fight on against incredible odds. What did you three think of Darkest Hour? Who's going first? Joe, Joe, you kick us off. I'm going to kick you off. Okay, right. Um, Going into the film, I had quite high hopes. Um, I sort of like the period in history. Um, I'm really quite interested in that sort of era. Um, I'm not going to lie, I have really mixed feelings about this film. Mm. Um, I thought it started off and I I felt to myself, oh my gosh, what is this? Mm. Um, Whether it was Gary Oldman's portrayal of Winston Churchill, especially at the beginning, I I did personally feel like he got into the role. Um, And as the film went on, I felt like he... I don't know, it was as if it may have been shot in sequence. But the whole portrayal of him, and whether this was true at the beginning when he was in his bed and he was dictating, I have no doubt to say that it wasn't. Um, I just thought, I don't know, I didn't it, I didn't click with it. Um, and then as the film went on, I started to grow into it and I started to sort of understand it a bit more and, and, and sort of quite like it. So it's a really difficult one for me. I, I'm really... I've got two ways about it. I, I couldn't tell you. If, I couldn't. I wouldn't say it was a great film, and I wouldn't say it was a really poor film. Um, pretty middle of the road, but 
yeah, just two contrasting feelings in my mind, which is really strange for me. I don't normally don't normally have that. No, you don't normally sit on the fence. No, um, <laughs> really, I'm really, really torn. I really, really am. Um, hmm. So yeah, overall, sort of first first impressions. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Uh, Who do you want to go next, Joe? Uh, let's go to Henry. Go on, Henry next. Oh, thank you, Petmeister. Um, no well, unlike you, Joe, I know you're a bit Natalie and Brulia there. You're a bit torn. Um, <laughs> I I didn't like this film. Um, I'd say it was below average. Um, I think Gary Oldman's performance was certainly not below average. Mm-hmm. His his performance was pretty outstanding at times. I think Churchill is a character who's been done so many times over the years and it's been done badly and it's been done in terms of a sort of a, a parody a caricature if you will um we didn't see the churchill film starring brian cox did we but that mm. looked dire um when it came out and it got oh absolutely god yeah got absolutely slated um i think he's he's such a such a complex character and such a, a difficult one uh, sorry an easy one to get wrong um mm. because of the, the difficulties in getting the accent right and getting the mannerisms mm-hmm. and yeah. everything else that comes with it. But Gary Oldman was great. He really was. I'm okay. not surprised his, his name has been mentioned for the for the uh, best performance Oscar. I'm really mm-hmm. not. However, I mean, the film itself w- was pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so dialogue heavy. It was, it was long with two, a two hour running time. And I just got bored. I really did. Um, I, I give Joel Wright a bit of credit for trying to make it uh, as different as possible when it, it wasn't going to be a war film like Dunkirk where we were in the midst midst of a, of, of a battle a battlefield. Mm. Um, it was going to be boardroom meetings, stuffy meetings, um, all the way through two hours. How do you make them look different in mm. a two-hour running time? Mm. Um, he, he tried his best, but I just felt this film lacked a bit of... Just a bit of grit, really. I felt it was made to sort of tailor the masses, and in a similar way to their finest, it was pretty ordinary. And obviously, the story is extraordinary. Um, mm. And I, yeah, I was very disappointed. There were some good shots in there. I thought the camera work was pretty good, but I, overall, I was very underwhelmed of this film, especially as you right, quite rightly said there, Pep. The hype going into it, Jesus. Oh yeah. Um, everyone was raving about it, um, mm. but no, not for me. Um, I was very unimpressed with this film. Okay, Jack, what about you? Um, yeah, well, you mentioned their finest there, and it's pretty interesting that this year, well, last year, we had this, their finest, and Dunkirk. Mm. Coincidence? Mm. Yeah, uh, we're not sure. Are we, uh, but... No, <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. Joe mentioned, like, you know, he's not sure if it's, you know, how accurate it is and how, how truthful it is and some scenes and stuff. I, I mean, I don't know about any of that, and I'm sure a lot of it was probably dramatised to, you know, enhance uh, the sort of can I, film. Can I interrupt you? Always can fucking you? is. Can yeah. I interrupt yeah, you? Yeah, can yeah, interrupt yeah, you? yeah, please do, yeah. There's one, there's one scene that definitely was not... Oh, I know really, what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do I. Can we get onto that later, please? Because I've <laughs> I've got a massive, massive point to make about that scene. Yeah, we'll get onto that. 
Okay, Jack, continue. <laughs> um, right, so yeah, Darkest Hour could have could have felt extremely cliched because, like, like Woody said, you know, there has been a lot of Churchill portrayals before, um, and it could have gone through the motions in the usual way. And and one of my main concerns going in was, you know, was exactly that: how is it going to be different? How is it going to stand out? How is it going to feel exciting and not just be dry? Um, and and I guess the main the main way for me that it managed to not go down that route is is through the magnificence of uh, the portrayal. I thought I thought Gary Oldman was really bloody brilliant. I mean, all these fuckwits, you know, blabbering on about oh, Gary Oldman's so overrated in this film. All he does is shout, you know, blah blah blah. Fuck off, you brainless yank bastards. I'm sorry, but that is some serious bullshit because he, I, I really did think this performance was pretty outstanding, like what he said. Um, Do we have confirmation that these people were Americans? <laughs> no, but. Uh, you oh, can so tell you're just being what... racist? Uh, I, maybe. <laughs> maybe I am, Richie, but of, of, of course there are Brits out there that will also feel that way. But I'm sure. Mm. I'm not going to get into this because it's just a slippery slope. Um. <laughs> Where 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 was yeah, I? Come on, um, you're a big time. He's a big time actor now. Yes, yeah. Look, I know, <laughs> I know, I know just how much effort he would have put into that performance. I know how difficult it is. <laughs> to... <laughs> oh, right, let's get back to it. Um, yeah, I thought his performance was very very good. Um, and without his performance, you know, the rest of the film around that um, was it incredible? Was it you know amazing? No, but I still really enjoyed um, other elements of it. Um, you know, I'm not saying his performance was the best I've ever seen, but I am saying it was excellent. And for me, it did do a lot to sort of enhance my enjoyment of it because I just loved watching him perform and just do his thing, really. Um, but it did manage to succeed in other areas for me. Um, Woody alluded to the shots um, and some of the direction I thought was very impressive. I also thought Ben, what's it called? Ben Mendelssohn um, yeah. as, as the king. I thought he was really good. Um, but yeah, I guess it is very Oscar. I mean, it's very, very Oscar baiting. Um, mm. it's so clearly geared towards winning awards, and oh, yeah, yeah, and, you know, it, Gosh, yeah. It, it kind of feels like I it's fucking the hate the Oscars, yeah, yeah. And we'll get onto that later, I'm sure, in, in more detail. <laughs> but it, it so clearly has been made to just get Gary Oldman an Oscar, um. But you know what? He still had to go out there in front of the camera and do the business. He could have fucked it up. It could have, you know, it's, there was no guarantee that he was going to nail the performance. So fair play to him. But yeah, it's very baity, um, which did grind me up the wrong way a little bit because it just wasn't subtle at all. But I'm definitely um, much more of a fan of this film than Joe and Woody, and I enjoyed it on the whole. Hmm. Okay. Right. Um, well,. Uh, I think I'm with Joe on this one. Uh, I definitely have some mixed feelings about this film. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm with Woody as well to a lesser extent, probably. There are definitely some things of this film that I do like and some things that I, I don't like. Uh, I definitely agree with Woody that it's easy to get bored with this film. Um, it is very slow-paced, which is not always a massive issue, but it did feel like it in this in this film. Um, so yeah, I, I would say I was underwhelmed by this, but at the same time, yes, I do think Gary Oldman did a good job with the performance. Uh, I think that was very good. Um, and yes, I do think Joe Wright 
did a good job with the directing. I, you know, there was lots of things about the direction that I did really enjoy, and especially all the uh, shots of the servants making breakfast. Oof, I could just watch that all fucking day. <laughs> um, that was that was pretty great, and um, you know there was there was quite a bit of interesting shots going on in there. So yeah, uh, those I'd say this film is is a very good effort um, for what it is, but it, mm. it's just it is long and it, and it is very dialogue heavy. And I'd say there's lots of great moments in the film, but these all kind of pop up just as you're about to nod off. I don't mm. know anyone else really? See, I didn't. That. I didn't really feel the the length per se, which is strange oh, for me. No, I really didn't, and I, I I I didn't look at my watch once, which was bizarre. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it was maybe feeling the length. I don't know if that's the right way of saying it, but just I just feel like as it because because it does pick you up again as you mm. as you're dropping off. But I do feel like there are times throughout the film where you just kind of find yourself not really paying that much attention to what's going on yeah yeah i, I, see that. I would say that yeah the last sort of 10, 10 or 15 minutes i did start to feel it um but no it wasn't a it wasn't a massive thing and i, I wasn't bored i guess it was just well i don't know actually because if I, if I felt the last 15 minutes then maybe i was getting a bit bored but um yeah no the length wasn't too bad for me well thing it also doesn't help that like you were just talking about jack and i had this with all these fucking films recently that we've been watching, you just mm. get that awful, bitter Oscar taste in your mouth. And <laughs> it just leaves me wanting to kill myself. Yeah. yeah. It's just, they all just stink so badly of desperation. It just makes me want to fucking weep. But you, the thing is, you can see straight through them, can't you? Yeah, exactly. You know, yes, Gary Oldman has a good performance in this, but I can also see Gary Oldman... Thinking to himself, "What I can't wait to receive my Oscar." Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, I completely yeah. agree with this point. Right. So uh, I mean, I thought I thought in one of the scenes with Lil, Lil, when Lily James was typing, I thought he was going to start typing his acceptance speech. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to thank. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. So that I mean, I I, I feel like I've been pretty under uh, pretty underwhelmed by all the Oscar bait. This year, I, I, I don't think there's been any that I, I actually loved. Uh, apart from one that you gave a high rating to. Oh, yeah, to be fair. but that's We'll get onto that later. Though. We'll get to that later. Um, mm. I would say, I think there's been some very good independent films this year from what I've seen. Um, well, that's true. I mean, I, I haven't seen, to be fair, I haven't seen all the Oscar films. Like, not all of them are out yet. Like, Phantom Thread is not is, is only just come out and uh, Shape of Water. Yeah. Two films which I am looking forward to, so yeah, I, I don't know. But and, uh, and Lady Bird is meant to be. Good. And Lady Bird, yes, yes, yes. But of the films we've seen so far, God, it just, it just makes me want to put a fucking pistol in my mouth. I mean, these, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've said it subject. all, but go on, go on. Oh, well, just saying on the subject of sort of suicidal. Um, <laughs> can we talk about this scene on the train, man? Because I mean. Okay. My God, it was just... I mean, talk about, Richie, you mentioned there, nodding off when you're getting interested. Talking about putting you out of the film. Mm. This mm. scene was ridiculous, and it was completely um, out of the whole film's narrative. It didn't make sense, and clearly never happened. Yeah. Um, and as you've said there again, 
the Oscar bait stench and the Oscar bait taste. That is just there to, for the masses to think, yeah. oh, what a little community spirit. What a great guy Winston was. Yeah, uh, it, it's just actually, there for that reason. He, he, was, he, he would never would have done that. He's a bit of a shithouse, really, when you look like, at You're cutting out. What he... I just felt that the whole scene, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> just um, say that. Well, just do I that just quick rant, scene... Ben. Stop. Yeah. Can't hear you. Stop. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Can, but you were cutting out a lot then. Well, can you hear me now, Ben? Yeah, I can hear you now. Right, that scene was shit. That was my point. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did hear most of it, actually. Okay. Yeah, it was just towards the end. Okay, well, I was just saying it was all a lot of dross and it never would have happened. Um, yeah. But, but you're it, right. It was pretty insufferable. But you're it right. Was quite... it, 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 sorry. It, it was just... It, it, you can't see any other reason for it being there other than to get the Oscar. Yes, yes. Mm. And I just, I just wish it wasn't a fucking thing. I just want to get rid of all these fucking award shows. And just, just, I don't want to have to wait until January for all the, uh, you know, best films to be coming out or supposedly. Yeah, spread them films. out. Just... Even the even the Razzies this year were dire. I didn't look. I haven't looked at well, any of the shit. So I'm not. Oh, interested. you mean the Razzie nominations? Yeah. Yeah. I just. Um, and also, can I just say, I mean, a tube ride, for one stop, doesn't take 15 minutes. Yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You know, it made more sense if they said, oh, what, I've got to do five stops. Okay, then. Yeah. Not, I c- where's Westminster? One stop on the district line. Oh, right, okay, then. Yeah, I agree. I'll go around the line five times before I get to the Westminster stop, then, shall I? I agree. That, that, all that, these people. that might be what is the, the most... Um... The most offensive thing about that scene. Why? I mean, yeah. Why not just say five stops or whatever? Why? Yeah. Why, why did you say one stop yeah. if you were clearly going to yeah. go on for that long? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And look, I know, we're, I know we're in war-torn Britain, but the London Underground is still a very efficient beast. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be quick. <laughs> not fucking fifteen minutes, so we can talk to every passenger on, on in the car. It's. Re- Ridiculous. That was that was my biggest problem with it. Is like, okay, no matter what they would have done with that scene, it would have been pretty insufferable. But if it had just been a quick two minute chat with maybe one of the public, okay. Yeah. But literally, mm. he, he he named all of the fucking people. He spoke to them all, mm-hmm. and then he read and then he read out a list of all the names when he got to when he actually got to Westminster. I mean, talk about ramming oh. down our fucking throat. And that scene, Jack. That scene, which I think was supposed to be. The first time Winston got his people on side when yeah. he was reading the, the names of the, the ordinary people off the back of his fag packet um, was just, again, completely uninspiring for me. I really wasn't... They were trying so hard with the cheering and the whooping and the hollering, but I just wasn't mm. feeling it. I wasn't, wasn't thinking, yes, Winston, you are the man. I just could not no. get behind him. There were I mean, some scenes... The, the, the ironic thing with that, then, is... They actually still waited for Neville Chamberlain to wipe his hanky before they started giving him a big cheer in his speech. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really make sense. There were some scenes in this where I did did think it was done well and I I did feel like, you know, I I did feel some kind of, get some kind of response from it and I did feel, you know, a bit of patriotism, you know, whatever. Um... But the whole Go thing. Let's Great Britain. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, the whole thing 
it's just so black and white. There's not really there's there's not really much controversy in it at all that you could actually like like I want a film to kind of explore different sides of things and just just not make me feel like there's only one right answer here. And I don't think this yes. film did that. That's a very good point, actually, uh, because I mean I did feel as well Winston was under pressure, but I never sort of the way that, that I tell you who was a really bad character, the character of Halifax. I mean, mm. yeah, they made him out to be this sort of antichrist who was uh, almost a like a Nazi sympathizer. Like he just would not get <laughs> on board with anything that Winston would say. Yeah, and I found it very hard, Richie, as you sort of said there, to to see the other side of the arguments because we put Halifax in such a terrible light, and he was really badly directed. I thought, mm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I don't, I don't, okay, I, I don't know how accurate it is, but I, I just, I just can't see the abs- the actual level of uh, disdain that was shown for Churchill by everyone. I just, it just doesn't seem that real to me. I don't know mm, if it yeah, is or not. I agree. It might be, but it just seemed a bit too much, didn't it? Didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it depends. It's one of these things, isn't it? How true is it? And that's the that, that that's the annoying thing about these films. Is you go to watch them, and you do you watch them to be entertained. But at the same time, you want to. I personally want to. I wanted to come out of that film thinking, you know what? That was true. And when you sort yeah. of doubt, when you when you doubt it, and you think, because I remember saying to my parents, "Well, I wonder how much of it was true," you know, and you start to think. Yeah, how how much films? of a how much of a big deal was this world war? I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you 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 want to come out of it thinking, especially with especially with a topic like that, they got it very very accurate. But you still have that doubt in your mind, thinking you know it probably you know it probably wasn't as accurate as you think. Mm. Yeah, because they sho- because they shove things in there like the train scene. Yeah, and then you just. The whole thing, is, the whole thing, becomes ridiculous because then you sort of, as you say, Pep, you're doubting yourself in terms of, well, if they put that in there, I mean, what's the accuracy with the other scenes? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what I felt like. Um, yeah. I actually started laughing in the train scene, to be honest, because <laughs> it was just dying. I know we keep going on about it, but I mean, I just want to sort of round off by saying that what I sort of said at the top. Um, can you still hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. 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 Um, a two-hour running time, right, for a film where we're not going to see no bodies being thrown around or any shots being fired uh, <laughs> with a we- with a weapon at least. But um, you've got to keep it short and snappy. I think in terms of it, it was meeting after meeting after meeting, wasn't it? Or phone call after phone call, typing after typing. Yeah, I think you've got to keep the audience on the toes. You got to have it. You got to have it at ninety minutes. You got to have it really short and really sweet. In terms of just just keeping people interested, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I know Pep that, said but... he didn't feel the length, but I did, and I think for nature of this film, you've just got to make it short and snappy for everyone. That, that was that's my thinking when I came out of it. I think it depends on the. Well, I, I don't know. It, it, I think it depends on what you want to show and what the story is. Because I mean, if you think of something of course, like yeah, and it's obviously very heavy. Detail. Very, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not sort of doubting that. Yeah, um, 
I just think there might there might have been a different way to tackle it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I do agree, but I, I think if you think of something like if I think a good example would be the sh- the social network. I don't know how long that is actually. I should probably find that out, but I, I feel like that's longer. That's quite a bit longer than ninety minutes. But that's it's not probably about two hours, I'd say. So I, I think there are examples where I don't know. It's just it's just the way it's done. It's it's the way you're able to hold someone's attention, I suppose. Yeah, you have yeah, to. But... Ultimate, ultimately, if you're Joe, engaged... Joe Ryan's not David Fincher, though, is he? That's the problem. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I, I think he did a good, I think he did a decent job of it, though, but, uh, the, yeah, the, the the social network is two hours, by the way, yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously, that it, that that did have very talented people involved in it, and uh, it, it, they, made, yeah. they made it into a very interesting story. I mean, obviously, that, that film is, is nowhere near close to truthful in the actual you know in terms of the actual mm. characters but mm. um, yeah, and, it is, and, yeah. it, and it is very dialogue heavy so but it's like with anything oh, yeah, but yeah. Aaron Sorkin's a wizard with dialogue so don't worry about that Aaron Sorkin yeah, yeah. But it's, it's like with any film you know you have to be invested really otherwise you are going to feel the length like it's like with I know Blade Runner 2049 was sort of full of amazing vision, visionary like um, you know as a spectacle wasn't it and there was action and there was but that was so long and I didn't feel it because I was so invested mm. um so yeah, if, but, yeah. But, but if you can't get into a film from the off, or even you know after half an hour you might start getting a bit bored, or then it's gonna you are gonna feel it. So it does all come down to how well, probably the writer more than the director. It comes down to lots of things. It comes down to all the things we've mentioned. I mean, what we were saying before about uh, how cut and dry, how black and white everything was in this, and how it's just manipulating you into thinking there's only mm. one right answer. You know, mm. again, co- again, compare that to the social network. It's so fucking different there's so there's so many different sides to that story in that film um, yeah it, d- uh, yeah darkest hour was very it's very narrow-minded isn't it yeah definitely yeah agreed mm-hmm. okay i did enjoy i did enjoy it though i I was personally quite engaged i i would say i was engaged for parts mm-hmm. I, I i didn't hate it as much as woody so what did what did you guys think of um Lily James in this was it was it as good as her performance in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? <laughs> what else was she in? I saw her in something else as well. Baby Driver. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, she's all right. I don't think I've yeah, seen. Think pre- I don't think I've seen I her do anything she's... absolutely amazing, but she's all right. No, no, but I think she's a pretty good actress, really. Uh, it was pretty meh. I didn't really think anything of it. It's nothing character. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess. Didn't, I guess. Didn't offer, mm. didn't offer anything. I know she was supposed to be. Just the typist. Um, again, yeah. we had no backstory to her. I didn't really care about her either way. I know we tried at the start when she was struggling with the old typing, but and, and even and, in and even we in got, baby... we got to sorry, Richie, but sorry. we got to deliver the news again. About, no way that happened. Of she was about to quit, and then she gets the telegram that Winston's about to come become prime minister, and then she sort of stays on, which I find again completely ridiculous. Hmm. Mm. But no, she was just neither here nor there for me. Mm. I mean, even in uh, Baby Driver, she's not, you know, she's pretty much just a prop for Baby's love life, so... She's no scene-stealer, is she, you know? No, she doesn't steal she, she scenes. Doesn't, she doesn't have much presence on the screen. But then maybe she hasn't had much chance to, you know, shine yet. Like you say, the characters she plays hasn't haven't been... Well, I, I thought her, her p- portrayal in uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies was Oscar worthy, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. Yeah, she uh, yeah she was one of the main characters. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're we done did. with this, or what? Yeah. 
What are we giving this film out of 10? I'll give it a 7. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit it with a 6, I think. Woody? Is it my turn? Uh, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, okay. Um, I think it was below average, but not a terrible film. But it, it wasn't the middle of the road for me, so I'll give it a 4. So you cut out just as you said your mark there. Oh, so say oh it bloody hell. I said I'll give it a four. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I, I will give it a 6.5. Okay. Uh, yeah. I thought you'd go higher, uh, Jack, considering that you gave it a four on Letterbox out of five. So, But whatever. Um, <laughs> Richie, you did not realise we always managed to turn down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's always a much lower score. In the, yeah, in, the I, in the show than on Letterbox. I know, but I, I, I also have always said that five and ten is very different. So I can't like it can't be exactly. Yeah, clear. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not like it's just half. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know but I just star rating is just different. <sighs> okay, fuck me. Um, all right, so moving on. Um, the next film that we're going to talk about, which we might go on for some time again about is Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Here's a clip. Hey there, Mildred. You didn't happen to pay a visit to the dentist today, did you? No. Ah? I said no. Oh, so it wasn't you who drilled a little hole in one of Big Fat Jeffrey's Big Fat Thumbnails, no? Of course not. Huh? I said of course not. You drilled a hole in the dentist? No, I didn't. I thought it was kind of funny myself, but he wants to press charges, so we're going to have to bring you in, I'm afraid. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri is directed by Martin Madonna, and it stars Francis McDormand, Sam Rockwell, uh, Woody Harrelson, Abby Cornish, and Lucas Hedges. The synopsis is... A mother personally challenges the local authorities to solve her daughter's murder when they fail to catch the culprit. What did you three think of three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri? Or you two think, sorry. I was going to say, yeah. Um, should we go to... Let's go to Jack first. Yeah, because you didn't Jack, see this, what, did you, Joe? I didn't see it. No, I, I, I've not seen this film. So I'm very new to it. I'm not going to lie, and I'll put it out there before I mention it to so go to any of you guys. Um, I'm quite intrigued is to see where the comedy factor comes into this film um <sighs> so that's where i'm that that's sort of where i'm gonna head with it yeah well so am i Jim. um <laughs> well you know it, it might it might not have had much humor no but jack go on kick us off what do you reckon um all right so yeah this was a film that i was surprised to hear um didn't go down as well with my peers here at film night oh, spoilers um yeah. <laughs> spoiler there. um and I, I, yeah, I know we have different opinions quite often, but um, I really did come out of that screening thinking, okay, that was that was brilliant. I'm sure the others will will also enjoy that. <laughs> um, I, it really did a lot for me. Um, I thought it worked very well on on a number of levels. Um, firstly, well, with the exception of Lucas Hedges, who I agree was sadly very disappointing. Um, considering how highly we rated his performance in Manchester by the Sea. Um, I mean, he was just unrecognisable, wasn't he? Um, I know it was a smaller role here, but yeah, he was just pretty dire. But with his exception, um, I thought across the board, 
there were some fantastic performances. And I absolutely believe that Frances McDormand deserves, you know, the nominations she's getting and also a few awards already that she's won. Uh, but for me, uh, stealing the show was Sam Rockwell um, as Officer Dixon. And I'm glad that he's also been recognised for his performance. I mean, we'll get on to him more later, I'm sure, because, again, I think we might disagree about his character a bit. But also reading back what I said on Letterboxd, <laughs> and also this alludes to what Joe was just mentioning, I was probably a bit over-enthusiastic when, <laughs> when I used the phrase comedic genius. Um, Jesus. But, 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 but I did think... The majority of, of humour attempts worked well for me, and I did laugh. Uh, you know, a very dry sense of humour that it had. Um, but I guess, I guess for me, and again, alluding to something I talked about earlier when we when we were talking about Darkest Hour, and it's all about how invested you get into a story ultimately reflects on you know your enjoyment of it. Yeah. For me, for me, it was just the story itself. You know, I found it to be really engaging. Um, I honestly couldn't have told you what was going to happen. I think I cared a lot for Frances McDormand's character um, and her situation. I really did. And, and that's that's the biggest thing in any film, you know. I think you have to care. And I did care here. Um, the way it was structured, the script, the way it was shot, it, it just all added up for me. And I was heavily invested. Um, I thought it was... I thought it was emotionally quite powerful, actually, um, on more than one occasion. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's why I gave it the rating I did, because I just really was engaged. And what rating okay. was that, Jack? Yeah, I was going to say. I gave it a four and a half on Letterboxd. Out of five. Yeah. Um, okay. So we'll, more, more detail in a bit, but yeah, that's my yeah. overriding thought. Right, okay. I mean, because I'm just on IMDb at the moment, and I mean, it has nothing about comedy whatsoever. The Odeon is tweeting <laughs> that it is a comedy. Um, so I don't know how that weighs up. Henry, well, it's not a straight comedy by any means. Okay. Would would you say, Henry, that it's got comedy elements in it? And if it has, does it live up to the title of a comedy? Um, I would say they, the filmmaker and the, the performances and everything about um, the characters try to be a comedy. And they have they force the comedic moments in there, but they just don't work. Um, okay. This is this director. This is from the mind of in Bruges. This is a guy who's made Seven Psychopaths, mm -hmm. two very funny films. Um, I think in Bruges more so because that's just a masterpiece. I think we've all seen that, haven't we? Yes. Yeah, we yeah. have. You yeah. can find a review for it on uh, filmlightpodcast.com. You can, yeah. <laughs> And I think we all sort of love that film, and, and rightly so. That's a film where <laughs> that defines, for me, a dark comedy. Yeah. Um, quite masterfully done. And with that in mind, I was so excited for Three Billboards. I just felt like, I mean, it wasn't a bad film, but it just was nowhere near the level of wanted, what I expected. Um, and I didn't like the humour at all, Joe. I really didn't. Right. It was so forced. It just did mm -hmm. not work with this scenario. Uh, the thing with In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths as well is the story is so ridiculous. It's so absurd that you can get the humour. You, you can understand. It's just so far gone that the humour adds to it in a way. Whereas with this, the story was so serious. and They were trying on one hand to be really, well, really 
Yeah, I was just just going to jump in there, if, if I may, because I, I was really puzzling myself, thinking, how the heck are they supposed to be getting humour into a film that when yeah. you watch the when you watch the trailer, it's it's about something pretty dark. Yeah, and I know you do have dark definitely. comedies, but I've never seen it be done with some with a subject and a topic like this. No, no, and I must say that um, I think I'm very much in the minority with this opinion, though, Joe, because. When I, I went to see it in, in the Curzon cinema and the majority of the audience, it was a very big screening, were laughing mm. along. Um, right. Only, or laughing here or there. It was, it was only me who was couldn't get into the humour, couldn't sort of resonate with it, just didn't find, find it completely unfunny, actually. Can I, can um, I just... Sorry, can I just, can I just jump in as well? Because I've just been reminded of... Um, speaking of films that deal with these themes and, you know, dark films that sort of touch on things like loss and stuff but also try and include some humour um, if you remember Ma- Manchester by the Sea talking about Lucas Hedges that actually had a lot of humour in it um, you know with the whole band that that teenage band that they kept referring to and yeah. um, I don't think I would some... say a lot of humour I would say, okay, say maybe some humour yeah. okay 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 maybe not a lot but there were you know moments and, and there was there was moments when it was just Lucas and Lucas, Lucas Hedges and um, Casey, Casey Affleck, Affleck. In, in the in the car together, and they had some sort of dry humour, and that was that was funny. So it it can yeah. be done, Joe. Um, yeah. And obviously, Woody didn't think it worked here. I did to an extent think it worked, not as good as Manchester by the Sea, but I definitely laughed. There's no way. There's no way this film is in, is as funny as in Bruges. No, 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 no. Um, and I don't really understand. I just feel a bit lost with it. I mean, I don't think it's a bad film, you know. Mm. It's not a bad film. It's I'd describe it as being a decent film, but right. it's just not on that level for me. Okay. All right, all I right. do. I do agree. I do agree. Like we we all agree that you know, In Bruges is a masterpiece. It's a ten out of ten film. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't want to get too tied up on that though, and and, and take away from this. I, I also did really enjoy this film. Um, but just let's just try and get away from the comedy slightly, because there were moments where obviously it wasn't comedy. What did you think of of the, of the rest of the story? And can I get my first thoughts yeah, in here, or what? What the fuck's just, going on? About, yeah, I was just about to say that. I jumped, <laughs> jumped to Richie first of all. No, we don't need to go. Jesus, <laughs> wept you guys can go on. I mean, I cut <laughs> out there for about five minutes. <laughs> and uh, Richie's chomping at the bit. Go on. Uh, go on. Right. Well. I mean, it's not like I've got anything completely new to add. I, I, I honestly, I completely echo everything Woody has said. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's pretty much hit everything on the nail for me there, and I could, I don't know if I could put it better myself. Wow! Thank you, Richard. Thank you. you. You're welcome, Woody. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I wouldn't attack Jack for liking this film. Um, I don't think, because yeah, I don't think it's a bad film, and uh, I, I can definitely see. How he and and any other anyone anyone else could like it. However, yeah, for me, yeah, I don't think it's a bad film. But again, I was disappointed by it, and possibly to an unfair degree because I, yeah, it, it is the guy that did In Bruges, and that is one of my favourite films of all time. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look on my letterbox, it's up. It's on my favourites list. I, I think the second one after Pulp Fiction. All right. All right. Um, I, I, I honestly, I don't think I could ever tire of watching it. In fact, uh, Cleo and I are going on holiday to Bruges soon just because of the film. 
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, You've got to watch it while you're in Bruges. Of well. course I'm going to watch it while I'm in Bruges. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, uh, so I was disappointed by this film because, yeah, I have to say, the, the comedy is a big aspect as to why I, I was so disappointed in it. It just seems so unfathomable to, unfathomable to me that it's the same person. All the jokes seem so flat and badly timed that they just don't work. Yep. And it's and I, you know it's not. Be- I don't think it's because of the uh, theme because I'm I'm someone that's of the opinion that you can make a joke about anything. I don't really give a shit what topic it is, whether it's fucking cancer or AIDS or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I think you can laugh at there it. There are no boundaries. I don't think so. No. Well, I mean, yeah, there are boundaries. It, it all depends on how the joke is told. But anyway, mm. um, I, I think you can make jokes about any topic. And but with this. Yeah, absolutely. Would he put it perfectly when he said that that it just wasn't absurd enough in the rest of the film for yeah. these little outbursts of absurdity to happen? Like the, the main one that the main one that sticks out to me is so um, jarring is when there's a flashback to before Frances McDormand's daughter has died. Mm, oh yeah, this was bad. And uh, <sighs> they're having an argument about something. And she's and she says something like, "I hope I get raped on, or I hope I, I." What does she say? She says something like, "Yeah, I hope I hope I get raped." And she said, "I hope you do too." Or yeah, exactly. Oh and God. it's clearly it's clearly supposed to be a dark piece of humor there. But and and I laughed at it, but I didn't laugh at it because it was a good joke. I laughed at it because of how out of place it was, and how yeah. and how unfunny it was in reality, because nobody else in the cinema laughed at that moment, and that made me laugh at it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a low point as well, I agree with that. I, it, it just seems so strange, and I, I, can, I can see that as being the problem for all the other jokes. There was one joke that actually made me lol, and I, I thought it was a pretty good one. <laughs> uh, and it was when um, Peter Dinklage uh, was having dinner with Francis McDormand, and he said, I've just got to go to the little boy's room. And that was <laughs> that was pretty good. I must admit, I must admit, I'm, when I've finished Free Billboards, I did think, Christ, Peter, Peter Dinklage is actually quite a good comedic actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, very funny, he's very funny in Elf. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I must admit, Richard, that was a joke. Yeah, and he, he was, his mannerisms in this were actually quite funny. Yeah, it's like, I think he's good, yeah. Um, but yeah... <laughs> Just everything else just didn't didn't work for me, and uh, to go on to Sam Rockwell, you were talking about it, uh, Jack. I don't know if it came up during the moments where I was cut out of the conversation, um, but I don't know if I was as in love with his performance as you were. I don't think it was bad performance, but I just think at times when he was doing the whole drunken mess thing, at, at times mm. uh, it could just be a bit obnoxious, maybe, and a bit a bit. Yeah, not obnoxious in the way that it's supposed to be. Obviously, it's supposed to be obnoxious, but in terms of the film, it just feels a bit obnoxious and a bit much. Uh, a little right. bit, a little bit over okay. the top, maybe. I, you know, I don't think it was yeah. bad. Um, but I, I presume we're going to talk about his actual character development. I don't know if we should talk yeah. about that now yeah. or mm. let's. Well, so okay. spoilers for Three Billboards, everyone. Just uh, we'll we'll do that now. So. If you don't want to hear spoilers for three billboards, then skip ahead. I'll put in the description when the spoilers will end. Three, two, one, 
skip. So, right. so, so okay, go on, Jack. Yeah. So the, I mean, the topic of discussion for the next five minutes is his character and how it changed from being at the start, you know, a, a racist scumbag um, to turning into a guy who actually began to make changes and sort of realized that he can't go on acting the way he is. And, you know, and, and I, I see what, what he's, what he means. And well, he's not spoken yet, but I read in his letterbox review, I see what, <laughs> I see what he meant when he says, you know, it, it is very sudden and it does seem hard to believe that a character that was that racist and just that obnoxious. It seems could. impossible to believe. Yeah. But you have to understand, like, we don't really know the time frame of the film. Like this is over a quite, quite a long time. Um, what I would say is that I do think the film could have um, dealt with it in a better way and in terms of how it portrayed um, time passing because, it, yeah, it did feel sudden, but, I mean, I can I can believe it because, um, you know, think if you think about what's happened in the film, Chief Willoughby, um, who clearly he respects and sort of looks up to, although he may not show it to Chief Willoughby, it, it's, it's shown that he does respect him a lot and it hits him hard um when i can say it can't i um when chief willoughby commits suicide it hits him very hard and then we see that scene of him reading the letter um and i can see him you know sort of make you know reflecting on on his own life because he comes very close to death um and I do see what you mean, but for me, I, I can believe it. And, and he does seem like a character who, when when he goes through all the things that he goes through and he sort of sees what he sees, yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with it. And I think his arc was, for me, the most enjoyable aspect of this film. I, I, no, I can't. I just can't see it. I just, I just wish it had been just a little bit more gradual. I mean... It... He, he, if anything, he got worse after, in, in terms of his character, he got worse after Chief Willoughby died. And so, obviously, that makes sense. I have no problem with that. Of course he would. Uh, and, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But then, yeah, okay, he goes in and he just reads that letter. And, okay, I, I, could, I could understand that maybe being the start of him, of, of his character turnaround or whatever, or maybe him him feeling some kind of regret or whatever but it's just immediately and and what the whole scene sets it up and so perfectly because he's reading the letter and at the same time Francis McDormand is throwing these molotov cocktails at the police station um she's got a great arm by the way uh, <laughs> and um and it adds to the absurdity of it at this point as well, which again feels out of place because the rest of the film is not as absurd. That he's just reading this and he does not notice that the building is on fire. I mean, come the fuck on. He's got oh, head. I, I, I thought that was good. Oh, it's bullshit. Come on. He, uh... Uh, all right. I know he's got headphones in, but is fire not hot anymore? Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, but he's just. he He's portrayed as this incredibly dumb character. Like. I, that was. I thought that was actually quite funny. That no, it wasn't funny at all. I don't think it's even supposed to be funny. I think it. No, it was because the audience were laughing. Were they? And I think yeah, they were imagining like because it was jump cut into him reading the letter still as the fire was burning. It was definitely trying to be funny. Ugh, I don't. Yeah, and, I don't see how had, it was. And it had that song playing. As well. I thought it was just supposed to be emotional. Like you're supposed to fear for him. No. 
Mm. No, yeah, there's definitely meant to be. Yeah, you are meant to fear for him a little bit, and there is a bit of emotion. But yeah, that's definitely a little. That's definitely a joke. Uh, maybe I, I don't. I don't particularly see it now. Maybe I need to see it again. But anyway, uh, okay. So if it's a joke, fine. If that's happening, and maybe it's supposed to be funny, but getting past that bit, then I still hate it. Still don't think it's that funny. So he's so the building's on fire. He doesn't notice it. Fine, and then eventually he notices it. Can't remember how. And um, he's finished reading the letter by this point, so his life is completely changed, turned around, and the first thing he does is grab the case file for Francis McDormand and then jump out of the fire with it. It just seems so unbelievable that he would do that. Yeah, agreed. Hmm. Okay, well, I, I don't agree, but I can see why you would think that. I, I think it would have been better if he read the letter and he had a bit of time to reflect on it and then he maybe saw that the the police building was on fire and he ran in to get the case file, that maybe would have been less uh, absurd to me. Mm, okay, that's fair enough. But it just seems, it was just so ridiculous. I just, I couldn't, I just, it just made me fucking think that's really stupid. Yeah, but we we and we also see, you know, scenes where he's, you know, he gets fired, and and the rest of his colleagues who he once thought were kind of you know good mates to him don't want anything to do with him anymore. Um, but that doesn't seem then, to do much in terms of his character turnaround. In fact, I, I feel like it just puts him into even more of a spiral. Yeah, well, it puts him into a spiral, and he's constantly drinking at home with his mum, and you know that's kind of showing that his as an influence his mum's obviously a pretty shitty one you know she's also you know a racist hillbilly um so yeah for me it did work i've got to say it did work and i, I thought his performance and you, you mentioned earlier you know in parts it may have felt a little bit overacted or whatever but no for me it, it really was quite incredible I, I really will remember that performance and i, not, I do want to watch it yeah not too much i don't think he was a te- he was terrible in it by any means but just sometimes, you know, mm. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it up there as an Oscar performance for me, really. Okay, okay, I, I, I do want to see this film again. Um, I thought Francis McDormand was very good. Yeah, I think also, I, I don't know, I, I do tend to, I do tend to like films that, you know, have have these themes sort of running through it, and you know, films that deal with like you know loss and that kind of thing. I mean, Manchester by the Sea, it's been mentioned a lot that's probably the best recent example of that. And, you know, another film that we all love, didn't we? Um, There's definitely similarities. Also, also I, I recently saw Jackie, um, which deals with the same sort of things, you know, how she dealt with her husband's death. I mean, that's very much in the public eye, so it's a bit different, but yeah, I don't know. I, I do tend to be drawn to films that deal with these kind of issues. Um, You're a fan of death. I'm a fan of death. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I, I do sound like a very dark individual, but I, I don't know. I just think, yeah, I, the, these films tend to stick with me for a bit. Um, and and I, can I also just give a quick word to, yeah, Frances McDormand, Richie, you just quickly mentioned it there. I did think she was very good. Um, and kind of, I, I guess, testament to her performance um, is the way in which you know, she 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 portrays it as a character who's just completely been destroyed by this tragedy 
tragedy that's you know occurred to her, her daughter being killed and we don't really know how much she's changed because apart from that flashback scene which yeah wasn't very good we don't see what she was like before the, the incident um throughout she's just you know in this one plain almost like denim onesie whatever it is um she's stern monotone pretty quiet it's almost like she's just a body you know like a shell of what she was um with minimal sort of personality um and that was i found that really sad really you know to see how empty this woman had just become um yeah, yeah i mean she may not have been the most extravagant woman before the incident but it's so clear that it's just absolutely wiped her out it's, you know um and i think the actress francis mcdormand i think she did sell that element um of her character really well there was something else about that that felt false to me as well and i don't know if you felt this woody or not but um something similar to uh darkest hour um i i just i struggled to kind of get into this world where everyone is so against francis mcdormand's character and is so with woody harrelson's character mm. that that's mm. something that also didn't really ring true to me i mean would everyone be as aggressive to her as they were being in real life yeah it just doesn't... yeah it, it that's a good point actually it, it... It was something that crossed my mind because... Well, the dentist scene. I mean, yeah, I, think... uh, I hated <laughs> yeah. that. I, I was like, yeah, I didn't like that. That was really annoying as well. For the same was... reason. But but didn't, didn't it didn't have the humour of... it didn't it, The humour didn't warrant the situation, though, did it? No. It could have been made very funny. Yeah, definitely but, could have. Especially from the mind of Martin McDonough, as we've said. But it just wasn't. And... Yeah. Just I don't some... know about you, though, guys. There were so many bits in the film that I did not appreciate. Mm. Um, the character of Penelope, I mean, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> Wait, who, who is she? She was Francis McDormand's husband's girlfriend. The oh, young Christ. girl. Yeah, that was quite painful, yeah. It was actually like a caricature of a sort of a teenage girl, and... I don't know why this is. This should not be appearing in a Martin McDonough film. He, he's better than that. He's mm. better than that. Mm. And you know that deer, the CG deer. What the yeah. hell? <laughs> yeah, that CGI was awful. Actually, Abby Cornish boys. Abby fucking Cornish. <laughs> what is she doing in the film? She should not be in a film after. Was she? Um, was, she the, was she the wife of Willoughby? Yeah. Yeah. It's about. Oh. About a twenty-year age gap as well. Oh Christ! <laughs> that was actually a really awkward scene when she was, when they were on the sofa and she was like, "What, what was she saying? Talking about his dick or something?" Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was quite an awkward scene. Just, just die. But having said that, I mean, I don't think it's a bad film. Um, they're just sort of the bits that I didn't really like at all. But yeah, yeah. It I mean... did. It, it did shock me actually that scene with Willoughby and when he went off to the barn. Um, no, not really. I didn't really think he would do that. He disappointed in him, Jack. <laughs> yeah, just, well, that's a good thing. I, you know, I, I like it when a film sort of comes out of nowhere with something like that and shocks you. So, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty good. I think it was building up to it a bit, um, you know, for having like the perfect day and all that. I think it was, it was yeah. building up to it, but then... I, I... I must admit, the, the use of the letters was, was okay. I think sometimes I don't like it when that happens, but I did 
think it was quite added a good element to it um, mm-hmm. with his narration. With his narration, but I must say that the they did sort of foreshadow, and and as soon as he said this line, I knew that this was how the film was going to end. But I didn't think the end of the film was bad. But he says in his letter to uh, Sam Rockwell, one day this will all be sold because a guy will be sat in a bar and he'll talk too loud and oh, someone yeah. else will hear it. And as soon as he said that, I thought, well, right, well, that's what's going to happen then, isn't it? Mm. Um, and it did, but obviously it didn't quite do it. But um, yeah, I knew, right, well, this is how this is going to end because it had that sort of uh, Martin Madonna twist in it when it, everything was sort of being revealed um, in the bar. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, as soon as he said that line, I thought, "All oh, right, well, here we go. This is how it's going to end." Well, there is, there was, there was one moment in this film that I did really like, and you know, this this bumped it up a whole point for me. I thought it was great, uh, which is, although uh, something that happened straight after it, which also I didn't like. Anyway, um, was the uh, the long track shot of um, uh, Sam Rockwell walking up to that shop and then throwing the guy out the window. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That, that was that was really great. I loved that. Um, although it really pissed me off uh, how after that the um, the new black police chief <laughs> uh, saw this entire thing happen and then did not arrest Sam Rockwell. Yeah, that didn't make any sense, really. No, it did not make any sense. He's like. No. Okay, he fires him. Is that good enough, really? Yeah. And considering what type of character you are or should be, why have you not arrested this person? But this is why, and this is why, I know we've gone on a, quite a while here, but this is a problem I had with the turnaround of Sam Rockwell's character, and this is why I couldn't really get behind it, because I know, Jack, you sort of mentioned the, the time differences and what have you, um, we're not quite sure how long everything takes, but this police officer has literally just seen an, another police officer try and murder a guy um, unprovoked. Mm. This guy this is a horrible man that we're dealing with. I did not like how he then sort of becomes a hero towards the end. And that's definitely what the film wants you to think. The film wants you to think that he's a hero. Um but not for me. I just couldn't get behind it. It was it was too it was too quickly done, as Richie sort of said. Yeah. And I really wasn't a fan of. Oh right, so now we're supposed to really like this uh, racist, xenophobic, misogynistic cop now, are we? Uh, just <laughs> just come off it. I will say one thing for it, in that sense, is that at least it's trying to do what Darkest Hour didn't have the balls to do, which was to have some kind of you know, um, a blurred line there into the character. Like like you say, you have to try and think that, oh, this racist, horrible person is capable of becoming a nice person. So at, at least there's something there to work with that's not just a black and white, this is a horrible person, this is a good person. You know what I mean? Mm. So at least it has that to it, but it's, yeah, like it's, yeah, just, it's, it's just not it's well done. It's asking a question of you, isn't it? Hmm. Okay. Uh, anything else on uh, three billboards? No, not really. No, I don't think so. Okay. Joe, Joe, would you be interested to see it, having listened to that? Um. Yes, I would actually. Um, I'd be interested to see how to see how I would react to it. Um, 
I'm not going to lie, it doesn't seem like the type of film that I would thoroughly enjoy. Um, but that's Joe, to say that... Pepster, sorry. Um, what was your opinion of In Bruges? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, right, okay. I, I loved so. it. Yeah, no, I thought it was a great film. Hmm. Um, and again, during the time when we when we watched it, um, I didn't think before watching it that it'd be my cup of tea, I don't think. Hmm. Um, but it was great. It was, it was, I loved it. Um, yeah, I must admit, when I, when I watch a film like In Bruges, I wouldn't think, oh, I'll recommend that to Pep. Doesn't stand out as your sort of film. <laughs> no, but I, I yeah, I, I agree, and but I, I really did enjoy it. I loved it. Um, so I'd be interested to just see this, just to see the comparison. Um, and, and I know you guys are saying that there's no, there isn't any, you know, there's no comparison. In, in, I wouldn't say this. How, no, sorry. In, in which is in which is the best, but. Mm. Um, I would be interested to see this just to just to see how it works and see, you know, I'm I am intrigued to see how it how it works if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I I, I see where you're coming from, and um, yeah, you, you're right. I mean, in Bruges, as I think Jack said before, it's a it's a full house film. It's a ten out of ten, of course it is. Um, but I mean, I still recommend it. I'd still recommend you go and see it. Yeah, um, I think it's worth watching. Um, and yeah, as I said, it's not a bad film. No, it's yeah. just it's just and maybe this was. I think it's a bit of both in terms of me a expecting so much of it because I love Martin McDonough, mm. and b again the hype that that we've been hearing about it. Um, you yeah. know, it's, it's got a lot of good press and a lot of good critics have have uh, come out and really backed it. Um, which which I found sort of quite surprising. At the same time, yeah, and but that's why yeah, my reaction has maybe been a bit, yeah. But yeah, I mean, can I ju- also just say like this is my final point, um, and I just want to talk about Seven Psychopaths just for a tiny bit. Um, not really mentioned it as much. Uh, Seven Psychopaths is not as good as In Bruges again, but um, I would say the story in that it is so ridiculous and it is so absurd that the humour and the comedy really works in that film. Yeah. And it's not as dark as in Bruges. It's not as good as in Bruges. And it's certainly not as dark as, you know, Three Billboards in, in its subject matter. But it's a it's a good ride. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Might not be the best film in the world, but it's certainly a good laugh. Mm. And I think um I, yeah. yeah I just don't know where what Martin McDonough's done here because he's made two films that made me laugh a lot and one film that made me laugh once and that was well it wasn't even that much of a laugh. It, it was that Peter Dinklage line. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean that's all I'd say really on Martin yeah. McDonough on three I've, I've, I've not seen Seven Psychopaths, but again, yeah. again, I'd recommend it um, just oh, because, yeah. just because um, it's Martin McDonough and because it's a very funny film. But the yeah. humour, I know Richie is probably in the same boat with me in terms of thinking, yeah, not the best film in the world, but it's it's damn funny. Mm. Yeah. I, I yeah I I do. I agree with you there, although it's been a long time since I've seen it, so uh, I'd have to refresh yeah. my memory. Well, I only saw it, I think, last year, maybe, so it's sort of... Yeah. Um, I do remember it sort of fairly well. Yeah. Um, mm, yes. Okay. Well, I don't think I have much more to say now, chaps. Nope, nor do Ooh, I. Christ, did you hear that feedback then? I did. Yeah. Who was that? Don't know. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, Jack. Yeah, it's fine. Right. Okay, uh, what are we giving this film out of 10, guys? Well, no surprises. I really did like it a lot. It's... N- oh, fucking hell. Thought- Sorry, can you hear that? Yes. Yeah. I'll just start again. 
That's okay. Um, yeah, no surprises. I really enjoyed this film. It's not in Bruges, absolutely not. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought the performances were across the board very, very memorable. And yeah, it, it, it had a lasting impact on me. Um, so I'm going to give it eight and a half. Okay. Ooh. Wow. Um, okay, I I gave it three and a half on Letterboxd. Um, but I mean, it's not a seven out of ten. When I think about the other sort of seven I've given, um, I can't put it in that bracket. For a long time, and as I was sort of watching it, because I do like to sort of think about it as I'm going along, it was in the sort of the sixth bracket. Um, but then I did, although I wasn't sort of quite convinced on the character turnaround of Sam Rockwell. Um, is that his name, by the way? Sam, was it Rockwell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't, wasn't sort of too keen on it. I must admit, the last 20 minutes were very good, um, hmm. even if I wasn't sort of completely <laughs> believing it all. I, it, it was sort of very well directed. Um, hmm. So I'll give it a 6.5. Okay. Uh, and I will give it a 6. Okay, so what are we doing next? Should we Should we break it up and do a letter? Do you want to? We could do, or I hmm. think we should do, because been quite a bit quiet there. I think we should have make a brew and all sit down for Joe's Corner. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's time for Joe's Corner, everyone. My favourite part of the show. This is now going to be a recurring um, <laughs> feature. Um, yeah. Basically, to just give a brief summary of, of the feature, Joe's Corner uh, is a bit of a bit of time. Don't really know how much time devoted to the show. <laughs> Uh, in which Joe just talks a bunch of shit at everyone, <laughs> and and Joe imparts some wisdom on us all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I'm very much looking forward to what the topic is this week. Joe, do you want to? Uh, do you want me to, to to fire away? Fire away, mate. Okay. <laughs> right. I mean, the question is: Are you all sat down? Yes. Yep. Have you? Yes. All got your uh, sleeping tablets at the ready. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I'm joking. You don't worry. It won't be that long. <laughs> Only an hour and a half. Right. No. Um, <laughs> Christ. Uh, I was working away a couple of weeks ago, and we were staying in a travel lodge. Now, the travel lodge that we were staying in was the one at Heathrow Airport. Now, gentlemen, can anybody tell me how many uh, how many um, parts of the airport there are at Heathrow? How many terminals are there? Does anybody know? Um, no, five. I do not. Yeah, I think there's about five. Um, I mentioned that. I think yeah, I, there's about five terminals. Now we were staying in uh, the travel lodge at Heathrow Airport, um, which is a travel lodge for Heathrow Airport. So you would expect many and many a guest to turn up with their cars, um, park the car, and have a bit of a rest before they head off on their holidays or travel back to where they're coming from. Um, so we pull up. It's about 10 o'clock, um, I've got three um, colleagues with me, and I'm driving. So we're driving around trying to find a space, and we can't find one. So I said, well, don't worry, you, you get out, check us in, and I'll keep driving and go up the, up the ramp and see if there's something up there. And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> So I'm driving around, and there's no car parking spaces. So I think, well, not to worry. I'll go to reception and they'll tell me, you know, oh, just turn left there and there's another car park and you can go and park in there. Get out, walk into reception. 
Excuse me, your car park seems to be full. Ah, yes. You'll have to go and park at the Hilton Hotel. Oh, right, OK. Where's the Hilton Hotel? Just, you know, across the road. Oh, no. It's a five-minute drive away. Oh, my God. So, the Travel Lodge want their customers to go and drive five minutes away to a car park and pay £16. What? £16 for 24 hours to park your car. Now, the Travel Lodge car park was only eight. So, I was quite happy to go and park. They said that they'd pay for the taxi ride back. So, I'm like, <laughs> OK, fair enough. You know, if it's a five-minute drive, yeah, you're going to pay for the taxi. Fine. But, and then I find out that you've got to pay £16 parking when the Travel Lodge car parking's only eight. Robbing so bastards. Up. I know. Could you believe it? So I went back up, and this woman, bless her, it was about 10 to 11 at this point, and she was clocking off at 11 o'clock. <laughs> God, she wished she didn't have me in front of her. I'm telling you that now. <laughs> because well, I, was, I was arguing, why the hell should I have to pay £16 when the car park in here is eight? Surely they should pay the other £8. <laughs> oh, God. And no, she wasn't having any. She printed. They must have this problem all the time because by her desk, she had printed out from the website the fact that the car parking uh, on the website claims there is only limited car parking space. Uh, and limited is, it, well, I mean, that's an over exaggeration. I mean, tell me about it. There's 500 rooms in that hotel <laughs> and there's about 40 car parking spaces. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't really claim it's limited. Flipping heck, it's, it's more than limited. God, I, I couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. <laughs> anyway, so we're not checking into travel lodges anymore. And I would say that, ladies and gentlemen, never check into a travel lodge. Go Ooh. and do the uh, good old Lenny Henry trick and uh, <laughs> check into a wonderful Premier Inn. Because <laughs> I tell you what, their beds are absolutely divine. <laughs> And they have enough car parking spaces. And we are open to being sponsored by Premier Inn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or Travel Lodge. I mean, we'll take any of them. Um, Can we get Lenny on the show, please? Yeah. Put, put the call out there. Put the call out. So, yeah, that's my uh, little anecdote for this week. Well, well, what's the moral of the story, then, Pep? Well, the moral of the story, Henry, Henry Woodsford, is, uh, why, never, never, never check into a Travel Lodge hotel and especially, why never come across a receptionist Lisa? Because Lisa, <laughs> you get her on a bad day, and if you get her on a day when she's just about to clock off at 10 to 11, why, she is not going to be very healthy. Not at all. <laughs> and I tell you what, to add to the uh, injury, why, their um, vending machines weren't working. Oh, oh, so when, God. yeah, I know, when you want a nice midnight treat and you go down to the vending machine and, oh, a nice pack of minstrels or some peanut M&Ms. Pure <laughs> broken nights. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, you can't get them, can you? It's out of order. Oh, Absolutely God. ridiculous, it is. Thatcher's Britain. Absolutely. Hey, I'm this country. This I know. country. So uh, after, I, I forgot to tell you the, the outcome of the story. Uh, so oh, I then... Uh, can tell us more. I then say, right, <laughs> yeah, I know. So I say, right, okay, we'll pay it. And then I'll charge the hotel. Uh, so I walk to the car. I'm just getting in the car. And there's a parking space just <laughs> next to me. God. No. So I, yeah, oh yeah, I couldn't believe it. So I reversed straight into it. 
absolute perfect timing it was. Perfect timing. Then I paid paid for the eight quid. And then just as I'm walking in, Lisa is locking her desk and walking straight out the front door, going right home to a bottle of whiskey and just going <laughs> down it. <laughs> oh. Well, so, the... Yeah. There we have it, folks. A very educational episode of Joe's You Know What Really Grinds My Gears. <laughs> Quite literally with that car. I feel wiser. I do feel a lot wiser. Marvellous. Thank you very much for that, Joe. I look forward to uh, whatever whatever you talk about next week. Next month. Okay. Uh, next month, no yeah. I'll have to keep thinking now. Okay, um, let's move on to the next film. and uh, We're going to try and keep these next couple of reviews a bit tighter, um, not go on as much, because A, um, these are some of the smaller films we don't give a shit about, and B, <laughs> we haven't all seen them, so. Uh, what's the next one? Well, can we start off with your views on Call Me By Your Name? Yeah, okay. Um, I've definitely not got too much to say about this. Everyone's pretty much said everything for me. Um, but yeah, I went to see Call Me By Your Name with Filed Film Society uh, this week, and um, I very much enjoyed it. I, uh, I, 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 in fact, I would go as far as to say that I loved it. Not in a gay way, just uh, <laughs> you know. I get. I gave it uh, five stars on Letterboxd. Um, I, I mean, maybe I was feeling generous. I, I don't know, but uh, I, at the time, I just felt like. I didn't really have any issues with it at all. Maybe... Yeah, no, I think that's fair enough rating. I, I loved it as well. Yeah, uh, and, and, I, and Woody, you loved it as well, didn't you? Oh, I did, yeah. A fantastic film, really was. Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought Army Hammer's performance was just fucking great. I mean, I know we've, yeah. we've seen a couple of films with him where he's um, been a bit questionable. Or maybe it's just one, actually. Is it just Nocturnal Animals he was a bit questionable in? Yeah, he was dire in that. But he was just great in this, and you know, I could definitely see myself falling in love with him. Um, I think, um, do you know what? I think, um, I think he's had a bit of a, a turnaround in his his career on Army Hammer because I know obviously the Social Network came out quite early on, and that sort of propelled him into yeah, he was pretty good in that audience, and he was very good in that. But then um, I sort of think after after Free Fire, and then now this, I think he's. Stay, staying away from you know your bigger films, he's making films that yeah, yeah. he he wants to make, and he as an actor wants to make, not just you know generic shite. He's putting himself in in independent films, lesser known films maybe, and I think yeah, I, I think now he's definitely going to be someone that I'll be keep looking out for in the same way that I would do for maybe someone like Ryan Gosling. You know, I think he's got the potential to take that. Yeah, I don't think I would say Nocturnal Animals was was like a a, a big film or anything, but no, but he just wasn't very good at it, was he? Well, I think maybe there's there's films that are just better suited to him, maybe. Who knows? But I, I, yeah, I really like him. In... Yeah, but that's sort of my point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I thought he was very good in this, and uh, I thought that that lead boy was good as well. Whatever he, whatever his name is, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, together I thought he they were was, great, and I thought they had great chemistry. I really he was, he was great, and I've never heard of him. And again, he looking out for. Well, you you're cutting off a lot. What? What did you, you just, just say? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, I said that he. I'm, I've never heard of him before. Timothy 
Shamalo and Ding Dong, wherever he was going. <laughs> he, he was great, and he'd definitely be someone that I'd look out for in the future now, I think. I thought he was incredible. And, yeah. yeah. I'll I t- I tell you what, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not. I, we don't want to talk about this for too long. Um, but what I would say, and Jack, I know you can uh, be interested to hear what you think about this. I can't believe this is the same director who made a bigger splash. No, mm. I can't. Talk about contrasting films. I mean, yes, the sort of set in a very idyllic foreign country. Um, the, yeah. set, the set design is gorgeous. But I mean, you know, you've you got two films there. One of them, we're just on the other end of the scale for me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, apart from looking similar with like, yeah, the cinematography and yeah, like you say, the countryside, that was the only similarity. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got a yeah. Sorry, go on. No, I was, I was just going to back you up and say, yeah, I, we really didn't like that film, um, and that that made me concerned heading into this. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Because ev- even though when I went to see it, it was already getting you know really good reviews, but I still thought, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in cautious here because it's the same guy. Um, but my word, it, it was just fantastic, and yeah, a million yeah. miles away from a bigger splash. It was just so Absolutely. natural. Everything was so yeah. natural. It's just so... yeah, and, and I, I love that shot at the end. It's that incredibly long shot with he, him oh. just st- oh. staring was, into that. That was the best bit of the film. That was unbelievable. Wow, wow. That's that's yeah. like that's actually I mean, my favorite I, scene. Yeah, <laughs> I was just yeah. transfixed. Uh, I tell you what. But guys, I mean, well, before when we were talking about Darkest Hour, dialogue heavy and things being shoved around down your throat. Um, no pun intended with calling by your name. But, um, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes actions speak louder than words. And the best actors and the best scenes, the most powerful scenes, are the ones where you don't say a word. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That ending. Yeah, you talk about leaving a mark on you. Jesus. Yeah. Quite, quite incredible. And I must as well give a shout out uh, to the, the soundtrack. Was mm. Oh, Sufjan Stevens, yeah. Sufjan Stevens, what, the, it, what a fucking bloke he is. Yeah. yeah. He's great. Incredible. Yeah, he's great anyway, but the soundtrack was, was fucking top, top dollar. Yeah, I started off liking the... Uh, the the sound the uh score um i really liked it but as the film got on uh it just it just got better you know it was just like it just yeah it, it was all very similar but it just seemed to just get better and better as it went along yeah, yeah. agreed agreed um is someone making a noise by the way because i can hear some i uh, don't know no uh... <laughs> stop joe now. said that very sheepishly <laughs> <laughs> no no i'm just listening to you uh-huh. Um, I mean, you can tell how, exactly how natural everything's going to be just from the the, the scene when um, Army Hammer first shows up. It's just so great that dialogue when he, yeah. uh, he, he yeah. just he just turns up and he's like, um, "Oh, you're much bigger in person." He's like, "Oh yeah, I couldn't fit all of me in the picture." That was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that, you know, it felt like he was perfect for for that role. Do you not think? Yeah, he really did. I mean. I've read one review on Letterboxd, some fucking melt, um, who was quite critical of Army Hammer because he felt like he was too old for, like, it wasn't a realistic relationship because Army Hammer was too old. I didn't have that problem at all. I thought it was completely um, realistic, as you've said. A lot of people have got a bit of a, a few inhibitions about that kind of relationship, but. Um, well, probably because it just makes people uncomfortable. I think. Well, of course, of course it does, and you know, 
that's an understandable feeling, uh, I would say, but I think that's kind of what makes it so good. That's why it's such an interesting film. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was and, all handled and, brilliantly. And yeah, just, I, I, I mean, this is the sort of thing about using a love story as a plot as a plot driver of a film. It's just done masterfully in this, and I'd much rather watch something like this than About Time. Do you know what I mean? It's just... <laughs> I think they're oh, pretty close. To, you had to get that in there. I, I just think... had to get that in there every week. I think they're pretty <laughs> close together, though. I think they, in terms of quality. Um, can I also just... There's one scene I also want to give mention to, um, and that's the scene towards the end when um, his his dad is talking to him on the sofa, um, mm. and, with, and without, yeah. actu- without actually saying the words he knows exactly what he's on about. Um, yeah. And it's quite, quite powerful that. Cause I thought, I thought I was going to go the other way. His dad's come down on him like a ton of bricks. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that was just me sort of, you know, completely misreading the situation. But I thought because of, as you've said, Oh, it's not a relationship that's deemed sort of correct and what have you. And, you know, sort of the, the difficulties surrounding it. I thought his dad, being quite a conservative guy, was going to come down on him and, and well, oh God, not come down on him, but um, <laughs> got to uh, give him a very strict telling off and yeah. sort of throw a book at him. But well, I think you, I think you're supposed to think that because of the the way the way they act in the whole film. Yeah, they're, that's, they're what, all... that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So for it, for, for it not to do that, yeah, very is good. so yeah. refreshing. It really is. And it's it's the fact that as well, like throughout this entire story of of him like trying to almost fight these feelings, it's the fact that at the same time he's got a girlfriend, and it's like, you know, he's still he's still yeah. seeing her, he's still having horizontal refreshment with her, <laughs> um, and he, and he still likes that, but it's like he's it's like an inner battle, isn't it? Yeah, he wants yeah. he wants horizontal refreshment from the girl, and maybe some vertical refreshment. I mean, <laughs> maybe I don't I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think that's that's everything, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, we could go on about every amazing yeah, aspect of it, we but shouldn't. we shouldn't. Yeah, you know, you get it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right then. So yeah, what's everyone's uh, uh, rating for this film? Oh wow, um, nine and a half. Okay, Woody. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll go for a nine point five as well. I mean, and, and on a rewatch, it could it could very much move up to a full house. Well, I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. Wow. Uh, perfect Ooh. score. Mwah, mwah. Great film. Uh, um, you know, the, the only the only one thing that I could say, uh, give any kind of criticism about it, is that um, it can feel, it can feel long. But at the same time, I don't think there's anything that, I think it's all important. I don't think there's anything that you could cut out and it... Would make no, it better. No. So I didn't. Feel, I didn't feel the length at all. I thought every. Yeah, I think every scene sort of had weight to it, didn't it? It, it didn't definitely did. Like... But, definitely but did. I tell you what, there's no, there's no filler in this film. There's no padding. No, 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 no. It's, it's, everything I mean... had a purpose, and every sort of yeah. every but... frame, every frame mattered, didn't it? Yeah, there's yeah. there's people getting filled, but there's no filler. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> a peach gets filled. Oh, Ooh, yes, lots of controversy about that scene. Well, uh, apparently, in the book, that he then proceeds to eat the peach. So. Oh, well, that's what Army Hammer did, didn't he? He nearly oh, did. Yeah, he did. He, yeah. he, no, he, he had nearly. a bite, didn't he? No, oh, God. he didn't. 
he was he was he was about to, but he 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 stopped him. Right. He like fought it out of his he like fought it out of his hand, and I thought that was great. Like that was so much better than if he had just taken a bite out of it. His his reaction to him, non how nonchalant he was about the whole thing, was just so perfect. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Full house. Wow. Yeah, I really think it's great. Uh, this this is the uh, diamond in the rough that is the Oscars 2018. Mm. And uh, right, if, next, if, it do- uh... if it doesn't win everything it's nominated for, then I, I will kill myself. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Confirmed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Right. This right. may be our last uh, podcast, gentlemen. <laughs> Oh, I didn't do a, a clip. Right. A clip. Are we doing a clip for this one? Nah, no. Nah. No. Well, no. I, don't, I, I don't mind. Yeah. Say it now, just in case. I could just take one of the others, but here's a clip. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, you know. Next. Next. Uh, the greatest showman. Okay, is that the next one? And then Coco, and yeah. then that's it. Yeah. Start yes. with start with Joe. The greatest showman. Uh, here's a. Here's a goddamn clip. Right, uh, so I mean, I'll just bri- I'll just briefly say, Greatest Showman is a story of Barnum uh, and his his circus and shit. Uh, <laughs> stars, Christ, don't sell it too much. Um, <laughs> so, what is what? What did you two, Jack and Joe, think of the Greatest Showman? Go on, Pepster. Me first. Um, I quite enjoyed it. Hmm. Mm. Yeah people have been saying and i think i can probably gauge what richie's thoughts were <laughs> and yours jack to be fair um but no i surprisingly i i did i quite enjoyed it um i'm not going to say it was a fantastic film because it wasn't um however i think i don't think it lived up to the hype um and what was um made out of it supposed to be um well you say think... sorry Go on. No, go for, it, go for it. I was going to say you say hype, but with this, I didn't, I didn't really go in with thinking. Oh, it's been hyped up. A lot no, of the, rea- a lot of the reactions been. Is really this negative. thing nominated for anything? What's the story here? Um, it's it's only been nominated for I think like best song. <laughs> Lol. Best uh, <laughs> best original song. Okay. Well, that should be that should be uh, and Stevens anyway. True. I mean, <laughs> is this uh. Is this the only film that had an original song? Is that why it's nominated? No, like Coco's nominated, and um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what else, but it's yeah, I don't know. Okay, whatever. Get on with your <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, no, I, I do agree with you, Jack. Um, 
however, I, I had, you know, I had seen it around a bit and there was, you know, it was all over the place for not too long before I saw it, to be fair. It did sneak up. Um, and I didn't think it was an awful film. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, I thought there were some good parts. There were some poor parts as well. Um, but overall, I thought it was... I enjoyed it. I, I did. It, it, it went fast for me. I was engaged with it. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was it was an all right film. How about you? Well, I'll, I'll quickly sneak in there before we hear a verbal tirade. Um, <laughs> from Richie. <laughs> um, just glad I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, God. I, this, I'm the most glad I've ever been about anything. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm just going to say that, yeah, I agree, Joe. Um, I enjoyed it as well, and I, I can completely understand, you know, people's issues with it, and it, it by God, it did have issues. Mm. Um, you know, rushed beyond belief, oh. you know. Um, so, but, but I just went in not really thinking anything. I, I, it was at Christmas. I was in a good mood and I was quite happy to sit there and soak it in. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Maybe forced... What did I give it on Letterbox? I can't remember. Uh, maybe I was too generous. Maybe I was just... I'll just find that for you, Jack. No worries. Maybe, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure four you out of five, there. that's what you gave it. Four, yeah, so, four out of five. Okay, yeah, that that's... Yeah, that that is too high. Yeah, so just um, just sorry if I can clarify, that's that's uh, just half a mark worse than "Call Me by Your Name." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that is that is too high. I regret that, um, but I did enjoy it nonetheless. Um, but yeah, come on, Richie, let's let's hear your verbal attack, please. Um, I loved The Greatest Showman. I thought it was the best piece of cinema I have seen in a long time. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> that's a good one Jack uh, I I did not like uh, The Greatest Showman, I thought it was the worst piece of cinema I've seen in a long time um, I thought it was uh, a generic, dull and yeah, rushed piece of shit um, the story yeah, the, the story was just extremely generic for the type of story that it was in that this kind of success story um of Barnum it just it just it just follows a very obvious formula that's just so uninteresting um, yeah some some of the controversy is that you know he's portrayed to be this really great sort of guy um but apparently he was very like he exploited these these people and um i've read that's one of the biggest problems people have had with it is just how Barnum is portrayed like apparently he wasn't a very nice guy well, I think sorry I've... guys, sorry guys. Can I just interrupt and ask a question? Then? Please do. Because um, all I've seen is the trailer, and obviously, you know, not appealed to me. Is this based on a, a true story? Another film is based on another tr- a true story. Then? Yes, yes, it is. Yes. Right, because from what I'd seen, sort of trailer ads, I thought, oh, it's completely made up musical. No, it is. It's an original yeah. musical. It's it's original songs, but the story of P.T. Barnum sort of yeah, created. Which is Hugh Jackman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he he's he kind of created what today we know as the circus. Um, yeah. That is a true story, but the songs are all original. Right, yeah, but I mean, so it's still based on a true character. Yeah. I just, from what I'd seen, I thought, all oh, right, it's clearly going to be made mm. up, you know. Mm. Jesus, I mean, I thought, oh, I don't know. 
Do you not think like the last couple of years we're just getting too bogged down in these true yes. stories? I, I've come yeah. to I've come to hate them, Woody. I, you know, yeah. there's used to be like some of the favourite types of films that come out, and I'd just be like, they used to be they used to be so unique and uh, so few and far between, yeah. but we actually yeah. had a bit of substance and a bit of something about them. But now because there's no originality in Hollywood, yeah. we're just getting these. And do you know what pisses me off? What pisses me off is the based on a true story. Mm. So we'll just take like. What, from what I've gathered from this conversation, if you take a little snippet of this guy's life and then just make literally make a song and dance up about it, um, <laughs> yeah, it just highlights to me sort of a lack of originality and yeah, you really need to change it now because yeah, or, or if it's not a true story, it's a remake or a sequel. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There are just no new ideas anymore. I mean, if no. he had, if he had wanted to, Martin McDonough could have put based on a true story on his film. Because people have been raped before. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's that's kind of the level that it gets to sometimes with these. Yeah. Um, yeah. Usually in the horror ones, I suppose. Oh, the, the worst example recently was Detroit. Do you remember that? Oh, at the very end, that message. That was just a, a real slap in the face. That was really annoying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to go back to what you were saying, Jack, about uh, the controversy and people's complaints... Uh, I don't really see how they can have those particular complaints about it because for me, that kind of comes through in the film that he wasn't a good, such a great guy. The deceit to the uh, clowns—that mm-hmm. that's part of the story. So I don't see how they had that issue. I, I mean, I guess yeah. I can kind of see it because he's he he still isn't. He's kind of I guess he's portrayed as oblivious rather than. Yeah, I guess they did touch on it, but I guess you could say it was glossed over a bit. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't even say that because they have a whole fucking song about it, doesn't they? That, that bearded lady, she goes on about it, doesn't she? Oh yeah, oh yeah, when he slams them out, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so he's not even that oblivious about it. He does slam them out, and yeah, I don't, I don't see how they can have that particular. But to me, that's just another part of the generic story that's I've seen a million times before. It's, it's all, it's all been done so many times before, and there's just nothing new to it. It's also just so dull and, and annoying and all you know congrats to taylor swift on doing the soundtrack or whatever but christ on <laughs> no think, the, um... the the songs were seriously bad it was it was like fucking glee or taylor swift shit i think i remember um rob the villa fan who's probably listening now he sent across to us his favorite films of the year and i think it was him it wasn't ben i think it was rob he included this um, mm, yes, you're right, Jack. I think. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Rob, I'd like to hear your retort to Richie, please. Well, each to their own. I would never, uh, I would never attack a, a beloved listener, but I will attack you, Jack. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, no. For me, there's it just they just didn't do anything for me. I just didn't find anything interesting uh, about it. Um, I didn't think any of the acting was that great. I I hated how you know it's just so annoying how you've got these films set in the past and there's the story of, um, right, you know a Zac Efron type character. Uh, in this case, <laughs> in this case, Zac Efron, uh, <laughs> playing a character who falls in love with a a black lady. <laughs> and um, oh my god! And it it, it you know it ha- it obviously it does feature some um dispro- disapproving characters such as his parents um for him doing so um but there's just seems to be so many kind of 
liberal characters in these in these films that it seems uh, impossible to believe that racism was ever a thing. Well, can I can I get Joe's thoughts on this then? Because he's quite quiet over there. I want to want to hear his. Sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. Go on. Uh, you know, J- Richie's slamming it left, right, and sl- centre here, Pepster, and I want I want a response, please. A response? I, no, I, look, I I I get the whole I get the whole point, and I feel like the film was created um, specifically for this period of time and for the period of time that we're in at the minute, with everything that's still going on and people talking about women's rights and all, all that type of thing, and the rise of feminism and things. I think I think the film was put out for that point. Um, there was quite a few undertones of that throughout the film. And this idea, like Richie touched on, the idea of race and sort of coming, you know, um, yeah, black it, guy it, falling for the black girl and, and that type of thing. It was trying um, to celebrate diversity, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Uh, and the idea, and, and I, was qu- I was quite surprised, and I spoke to my colleague about it afterwards. She was like, well... Yeah, it probably was true that Queen Victoria did invite them all to the palace, you know, and how shocking it would have been at that time to have um, not only people that were quite strange, but also black people in the palace. Um, And she actually sort of embraced it um, because she was a a queen that embraced that type of thing. Um, But I, I... I didn't. I didn't hate the film. I, I thought the songs were cheesy. I, I agree with that. Um, I agree with them being quite Glee-like and breaking to song. I did think, and I know it was a musical, but I did think that they could have left maybe a couple of songs out. And I think if they'd have done that, um, and they'd have given it a bit more time between songs. I mean, I know musicals aren't necessarily supposed to do that, but if they'd have played it more of a a film with songs as opposed to a musical, I think it might have got a bit more praise, if that makes sense. I don't really yeah. know what the difference between a, a film with songs and a musical is, Joe. I mean, <laughs> no, but like... What I'm, tr- what I'm trying yeah. to say is not every... I mean, I know not every line was sung in this. I appreciate that, but mm. a good majority of it was. So um, La La Land, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I feel like this, this had more songs than La La Land. Uh, oh, it did. Um, it did. I think. I felt. I felt. Maybe. Like I, was, I don't know. Yeah, I felt that this was more so a musical than La Land. La La Land was, um, and if they'd have maybe taken a bit of a, um, a tip out of their book, and maybe cut a couple of songs from it, um, they may have got a bit further with it. I hated um, that scene with the Queen, though, that you were just talking about. I thought that was awful. Yeah. Well, see, I didn't. I. I. I, I did come out and think, flipping heck, I wonder if it was true, and I'm not sure if it was true. It's just um, I just didn't yeah, just the portrayal of it. I just didn't like. Yeah, it was all. It was all. Whoa! You just cut out. Well, Joe just cut out there. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. Who did I? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it was all set up, wasn't it, for for them to meet the woman, um, and then he sort of concentrate on her and not the others. But I, you know, it. It's one of those films that people go into and just watch. Isn't it? And and I I see what that's. The that were. Is fan- Can we just stop? That is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those films where people just go in and watch. Um, yeah, just, just drop your mic, Joe. I think you're done. Then. <laughs> no, but I know what you're getting at. Yeah, but but most some people do that. You know, they don't. They just they just want to go. They, they just go in and and watch a film and. 
it. They don't think about it. Yeah, they're the algae, Joe. Look all the lowest common denominator. <laughs> algae. Yeah, exactly, and that's what this film was aimed at, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, but I, I, I struggle to see that as an excuse for it. Yeah, it's not an excuse. However, if every film was aimed at the highest common denominator, would we have film? <laughs> Joe, I think you lost the plot, mate. <laughs> Yeah. Would we have? Would would we have in every single film? And I agree, more films need to be aimed at the highest. I think you, I think you have taken a seat for sleeping tablet. <laughs> I don't say something more stronger, man. No, but I'm, <laughs> look, I'm not. I'm not trying to defend it. However, I'm I'm trying to simply point out that every single film, and I completely agree that <laughs> too many films are aimed at the lowest common denominator, and we need to have a lot more that are aimed higher. However, if we had every film aimed at the highest common denominator, <laughs> would film not just sort of die down? Oh, my God. Oh, what is going on? <laughs> no, Joe, I, I see your point. Um, right. I think Pep's got a bit delirious. <laughs> no, I do. Yeah. I understand. I mean... Uh... I feel like with those comments, you've kind of made us redundant, Joe. <laughs> no, come on. I mean, we, you could just throw that argument for anything, and then what's the point of us even uh, critiquing anything? Joe, I don't know why you're getting very existential. <laughs> what's what the point? I... Why is the point? <laughs> no, well, all I'm trying to say is <laughs> they, you know, they tried to make a film that was aimed. Or aimed at everyone, um, and yeah, you're right, Richie. It's not an excuse, and it's it's not something to say. Oh, well, right, okay, fair enough. Let's dismiss it. Um, however, and actually, it was it wasn't it wasn't re- it wasn't respected by many people. Not many people enjoyed it. It's had it, yeah, it's, it's not a good really. response, has it? It's not a good response at all. So it's not you know it's not it's it's not worked. Well, it's yeah, just it so. Has, it, it, it has been panned, I think. Well, it's just so full of saccharin. There's just, there's just it, it, everyone's. I don't know. Everyone's so happy all the fucking time. It was really annoying. They've all got fucking oh, yeah, it's stapled not grins. It was just annoying. Yeah. And 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 the, the you know the, uh, the the props of the kids for Hugh Jackman's character just fucking got on my nerves the the entire time. They're just there as like. Oh, Hugh Jackman's got some kids, so he needs to uh, yeah. needs to succeed for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just right, let's, let's wrap think, this up now. Yeah, we said we're going to hardly talk about it, and we've gone on quite a bit there. Yeah. Uh, All right. Um, what are you giving this film out of ten, then, guys? <laughs> ten. <What? laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah. I'll give it a six. Yeah, I'll give it a six. I will give it a two. <laughs> Two point five, to be fair. Oh, you know. Can we not tempt you for a three, Richie? No, <laughs> no. no, not not for the sake of. Uh... I'm being generous enough with a two point five. Right, next. Um... Uh, okay, next one is Coco. Um, I think Jack and I are the only ones that have seen this. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, here's a clip. Ah, mira, mira, they're setting up for tonight. The music competition for Dia de Muertos. 
You want to be like your hero? You should sign up. Uh-uh. My family would freak. Look, if you're too scared, then well, have fun making shoes. Come on, what did De La Cruz always say? Seize your moment? Show me what you got, muchacho. I'll be your first audience. Miguel! <gasps> Abuelita! What are you doing here? Um, uh, you leave my grandson alone! Doña, please! I was just getting a shine! I know your tricks, mariachi! What did he say to you? He was just showing me his guitar! <gasps> Shame on you! Uh, my grandson is a sweet little angelito querido cielito! He wants no part of your music, mariachi! You keep away from him! <laughs> Okay, the synopsis for Coco is uh, aspiring musician Miguel confronted with his family's... <laughs> What's funny about that? Sorry, it's just I remembered that that's the name we always use as like a stereotypical Spanish name. Yeah, not always, sometimes Manuel. There's a few of them. <laughs> uh, aspiring musician Miguel confronted with his family's ancestral ban on music enters the land of the dead to find his great-great-grandfather a legendary singer. Um, what did you think of Coco, Jack? Um, well, quickly before I get into Coco, I just want to mention um, I was very disappointed not to have a short um, before the film, which with Disney Pixar, we usually do get. I agree. Um, but I was very outraged, so I did a bit of research, and I do have an answer for you. Go on. Um, people listening probably already know this, but when it first came out back in November in America, the short that played before it was Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Now, that was 21 minutes long, so it's not exactly short, especially when all you want to do is watch Coco, and it got absolutely panned, everyone hated it. Oh. Um, also, it's not even a Pixar short, and usually they're all Pixar, so that was stupid anyway. Mm. So so Disney pulled it um, from Coco showings um, because of just like everyone literally just complaining about how annoying it was to have to sit there and watch a 20 minute short about Frozen. Um, so, yeah, that's why there was no short. Right, okay. Well, fair enough. Yeah, that's a bit of a weird story. Yeah. But, uh, um, so, what did you think of Coco? What did I think? Um, I thought it was a good film. I thought it was really good, actually. I mean, you do come away at the end sort of thinking, well, you know, I have seen all that before. Mm. But, actually, but actually, for me, you know, that feeling was sort of masked, really, and, and overpowered, I guess, by just satisfaction. You know, I really had a good time watching it. Um, also, quite emotional at the end. I mean, it snuck up on you. Um, yeah, all of a sudden, All of a sudden, the final 10 or 15 minutes played out, and it was like, you know, wow, I mean... Yeah, it was pretty emotional. And yeah, the themes and the gen general arc, we have seen it before. Mm -hmm. um, so, And we know how original Pixar can be. So in that sense, the bar was lowered with this film. But you know what? I mean, yes, the themes are the same. Um, but having Miguel actually go to the land of the dead and the way the music was incorporated, all of that I thought was clever and and, and well done. And I was engaged and... Mm -hmm. And I know we always say this, and we do take it for granted now, and we shouldn't expect anything less because, you know, it's Pixar and the budgets are just insane. But 
that doesn't mean I can't mention it now and give it some praise. I mean, the animation was incredible. Mm. Um, I mean, just amazing. And they always deliver. And like you said, Richie, in your review on Letterboxd, you are always guaranteed a spectacle with Pixar. Yeah. Um, this was no different. It was just incredible to watch. Um, and unlike The Greatest Showman, the songs weren't overdone. There was there was a few. There was, you know, three or four songs, but it didn't feel like they were shoving them, you know, in every two minutes. I'd call um, them forgettable, though. I can't really remember them. Yeah, I guess. I guess you could say that. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't think I would like this as much as I did, having seen the trailer. Um, didn't do a lot for me, the trailer. But I actually really enjoyed it, yeah. Okay, yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, the trailer didn't do much for me either when we watched it. Um, but I would say that Coco was all right. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was bad. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's always worth saying. Like, I, I don't think we should... Just because Pixar's known for having such impressive animation doesn't doesn't mean I'm not impressed every time I watch a new one. They're still, you know, they're still always finding new ways to make it look spectacular and... Mm. Yeah, it really did, and uh, so I, I always think it's worth saying. Um, but yeah, the the actual, the actual yeah the the plot, the story, like you were saying, not very original, so didn't really grab me in that sense. Um, quite predictable, I would say, for a lot of it. Um, I don't think there was much comedy that was very that was very good. I don't I really. No. There was there was less in this for usually in Pixar. You do still get quite a few jokes. You know, for the adults that will go over the kids' heads. Well, I think um, the the last one where there was that kind of feeling was Inside Out. I don't think it's achieved that since then. No, no. But um, yeah, I would say it's enjoyable. You know, it's worth seeing just for the animation, really. Um, but yeah, I agree. I liked the ending. Um, as as cliched and um, yeah, and sappy and predictable as it was. Um, it was still done in a way that actually did kind of get a reaction out of me. So I did, I did like that, and I do think that was quite impressive in its own right. Um, but, but yeah, that, I, I've, that's pretty much all I've got to say about it. It's kind of neither here nor there, really. Yeah, yeah. just just slightly above average, I'd put it. Yeah, I would agree. It's it's, it's better than the middle of the road, but it's not. Yeah, it's nowhere near. You know, inside out. Hmm. Does it appeal to the lowest common denominator? That's all I want to know. <laughs> well, if you're talking if you're talking about children, Joe, then yes. <laughs> yeah, it probably. What does would be. you score it? What would you score out of ten? Uh, I would give it a five point five. Ooh, I I give it um, I give it a seven, I think. Okay. I would like to see it. I must admit, I do want to give it a go. That's worth seeing. It, it's mm. definitely better than the trailer makes you think it's going to be. Mm. And I did think the dog in it was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah, that was where you know most of the actual decent comedy came from, you know. But it's just kind of the way it was animated. It was just very, you know, it was just very well done. Yeah, it just slapstick, really, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but it was done well. Yeah. Okay. All right. And that's so that's it, and that's all the films we've got to talk about. Jesus. <laughs> now, uh, we've got a couple of emails that we uh, should talk about. But are we doing both of these? This time? Let's just rattle through them quickly. Yeah, go on. All right, who's first? Uh, let's do... Well, should I say the name of this person? Woody, do you want to give us the down low on this uh, brand new information? I 
this is news to me. I've never heard of any of this before. What are you on about? Oh, really? <sighs> right, well, go on then, Richie, you say it. Um, okay, okay, so there's no guarantee that this person has any relationship to any of us. Um, <laughs> but we have received an email from a female by the name of Grace. Mm, um, and it's not so, my sister. <laughs> no, it's, it's, not, it's not Grace Woodsford. <laughs> um, so, Richie, would you like to read the email? Yeah, I presume we're allowed to say her name. Yeah, of course you are. Okay, good. Started. Check. Mm, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me get the email up. The full name. Do you want the full name? Yes, please. Yeah, go on. Right. Drum roll. <laughs> you, you. So this... <laughs> so this email was sent in by a young lady called Grace Pooley Cooper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, and uh, could you please confirm how you know this uh, individual? Yeah, it's my missus, guys. All right, come on. <laughs> Me on ball and chain. Her indoors. Her indoors. Somehow she got access to a computer. I don't know why. <laughs> Must have been when I wasn't looking. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't. I didn't know. Be new out of time now. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the female. The female fans of film night are gutted now. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, ladies. Sorry to let you down. But, um... Yeah, um, yeah. Somehow she, somehow she got onto my laptop. God knows how. I mean, I mean, I've got her under lock and key most of the time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, she's scratching in the cupboard. Now. Hey, shut up, you! Podcasting, <laughs> talking to the lads here. Bloody hell! I hope she's not going to be listening milk to this. Milk and Sue, go on, go away, Milk and Sue. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, hey Gra- Grace, what you, what you hit a golf ball off? Tea. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Guys, we're joking. Right. Right. Come on. I'm not, not. I'm really not. I'm really not a sexist pig. Right, go on. Start reading. Right. Okay. So the email begins. Dear Film Night crew, hello. I'm a new fan of the show and recently <laughs> listened to episode 87, in which you reviewed La La Land, my second favorite film of all time. Woo! Uh, after the timeless classic, Ten Things I Hate About You. That's your oh, favourite film as well, Jack, isn't it? That's the one I saw with Heath Ledger. <laughs> Jack's ears are pricked up now. <laughs> uh, I have to say I was in, in agreement with Jack's review of the film and impressed by his extensive knowledge of films featuring Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, my fave oh, on... Uh, oh, sorry, my fave on-screen duo. Uh, but was less than impressed with Henry Woody Woodsford, uh, uh, fucking hell, Woodsford's assertion that some of the songs in the film were, quote, absolute shite. They <laughs> 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 were. That, that opening number, still, even on a rewatch, I didn't like it. Okay, no, okay. but I, I'm right in thinking, Henry, that you didn't mind the film, did you? No, right, so when the first time I watched it, I wasn't as keen, and then when I rewatched it, yeah. I actually appreciated it a lot more. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, and it's a good film. It's not as good mm-hmm. as uh, it's not as good as Whiplash, the other Damien Chazelle film, but it's a bloody good film. Yeah, mm. but um, I still stand by that the first song in the, in La La Land. I just didn't like it at all. It was too much. It was. I, I just it too wasn't much a good of a, start. Too much a good of start. a cheesy start. Yeah, too yeah. corny, too cheesy. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, Continue. Grace continues. Uh, I would like to put to you a question that has been troubling me since I first watched the film, which was almost a year ago now. 
The argument scene ends with a fire alarm beeping and the characters eating their dinner, which was slightly eyebrow-raising as they seem to be sharing a whole ham between just the two of them. Uh, Herein lies my concern. What is in the oven? A logical conclusion to draw would be that it is a pudding, but after five viewings of the film, I have to say, it really doesn't look like pudding. Any suggestions of what it could be would really put my uh, mind at rest. Later in your episode, you all mentioned that you admire the work of Tom Hardy. I think that a review of Tom Hardy's episodes of CBB's Bedtime Stories would go down a treat with the listeners of the Film Night podcast. His reading of Odd Dog Out really is an emotional and heartwarming tale of a little sausage dog who feels like she doesn't fit in. Overall, I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. Keep up the good work, lads. Yours sincerely, GPC. Our newest listener. Wow. Yeah, we've just doubled our fan base there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so um, the first question then, what's in the oven in La La Land? Right, so I, I think, I, was re- I watched it again before I recorded. It looks like a big pastry-based dish to me. Um, hmm. It's certainly not a second ham, and it's certainly not... It could be dessert, but... No, no, yeah, I, I, I looks... wouldn't say it looked like a, a meat and potato pie. <laughs> from, from... It, it, did have, it, it did have a pastry top, that's what I would say. All right. From memory, I mean, I haven't managed to rewatch it, but from memory, I, it was quite a big dish, wasn't it? Oh, it was a big girl, yeah. yeah. So, so, so if it is a dessert, then Christ, I mean... Oh, and I'll tell you what, there's another inaccuracy with this film. Why was Ryan Gosling cooking? Why wasn't Emma Stone doing the oh cooking? Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um... <laughs> Right, so, Richie, what do you think it is? Um, I'll be honest, it's not something I've pondered before. Um, <laughs> yeah, quite rightly so, I think. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I haven't watched it since, and I can't really remember that at the time. However, uh, I will just... I don't just... think you're supposed to. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I will have to just kind of uh, jump to the obvious conclusion that it's just got to be some kind of dessert. If it's a pastry, if it's some kind of apple pie, then, you know... Yeah, probably, um, probably. Then best of luck to them, but uh, I don't know. It could be anything. I I think it's got to be a dessert, hasn't it? What else could it be? Yeah, it could be the starter. They could be eating backwards. They could have dessert first. Sorry, it could be the starter. What's the hammer? A mouge bouche. Yeah. But I have That's to I have to agree the fact that they're just sharing an entire ham between the two of them is is astounding. Well mm. they can they can they can keep it for another day. They could yeah, put it in the fridge put it in the fridge and make some gammon butties out of it, you know. Oh, are, they, yeah. are they lovely. just are they just eating ham or is it have they got vegetables with it? Is it only ham? Just like and they just grabbing it with their hands off the bone. I don't I don't think you get a clear shot of it, do you? I'm definitely going to well, need I mean, to look Emma into Stone's, this. Emma Stone's about six stone wet through, so I don't think she's going to take much filling up, is she? Oh, <laughs> you know, what? What? Do you mean? what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's not going to eat the whole ham, is she? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Right. Fucking hell. <laughs> you're just you're just such a controversial individual. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Gosling had to has got to beef up to uh, prepare for Blade Runner, hasn't he? So, oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Protein, full protein, that. Quite right. Um, 
Right, Grace, I hope we've answered your question. <laughs> yeah, um, and with regards to your uh, uh, advice about the Tom Hardy CBB's bedtime stories, um, we'd love to help you out, but I don't think we'll be doing a review of that. Um, I highly doubt it, though. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> just for the fact that I, I don't think I would consider it a film, more of a, uh, a TV yeah. clip it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, but the question is... Um, were they aimed at the lowest common Again, yeah, I think it's for for kids. For kids, yeah. Good, good. yeah. I'm just, just writing it down. The, the algae. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so I can watch these tomorrow. Yeah, yeah go for it. <laughs> yeah, can we, have, can we have a Joel's Corner dedicated to Tom Hardy's CBBBs? Oh, that'd, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Why is it CBBs? Yeah. No problem. Yeah, Tom you Hardy. caught Joe, your favourite channel. Don't pretend you don't know it. Okay. Buddy, what did, what did Grace think when you told her that you saw him in, uh, where was it? Uh, Richmond, yeah, yes, yeah, very impressed. Obviously, you know, knew that he was sort of intimidated by my physical presence, and he <laughs> obviously said sorry to me. Um, <laughs> and quite rightly, Devin Lewis know this story. I'm not getting into it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, did. You, you talked, talked about it. I've definitely said it on an episode. Yes, um, you have. Yeah, yeah. I the time that Tom Hardy bounced off me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah. Um, Thanks very much for that email, Grace. And, uh, yeah, we have got another one. And this is from Ben the Villa fan. God, I think we need a run-up for this. It's a bit of a a mammoth. um, But hopefully hopefully we'll be able to, um, you know, answer it uh, well enough for him. Mm. Uh, So this came after our previous episode in which we talk in some length about Star Wars The Last Jedi. So, yes, I'm afraid there's going to be more conversation about star wars if you haven't seen it then i'd you know i'd stop listening now because i think after this we're going to be finishing anyway so yeah um yeah stop listening if you don't want to hear any spoilers for star wars the last jedi and okay i have the email up here it begins good afternoon lads And finally, a welcomed return in style with the latest podcast. Very welcomed indeed. Thank you very much, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad that you went on to discuss in great detail one of the most anticipated films of the year, Star Wars The Last Jedi. However, like Henry, I was left somewhat disappointed. But I must say, on first viewing only. It is worth noting that as an extension to that, I have seen it three times. The first on release at uh, the first on release at midnight in 3D, then the following viewings in just 2D. Now I think I can uh, attribute some of my feelings on it to being very very tired, but uh, I left somewhat deflated. Uh, in fact, my first reaction to two friends who were there with me was that it was very meh, and while I was wanting nothing more than to be heading to my bed, we stood for some time discussing why or more them listening to me explain why. <laughs> like Henry, I loved the originals. This fucking guy loves Henry. I mean, I was disappointed <laughs> by this film as well, uh, Ben. I loved the originals Jeez, as well. Um, <laughs> Not the villa. There are, there are four people on this podcast. So... <laughs> yeah, but there's only one of them that speaks for truth. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure I said the same shit as you on that film. Uh, okay, so anyway, I'll continue anyway. Uh, Richie, stop being so bitter, Christ. Yeah, especially, yeah. Let me just edit this here. Okay, so, like Henry and Richie, I loved the originals. (laughs) They hold a special place in my heart, 
and kudos must go to the Star Wars Disney marketing department. So I was on edge, waiting for the now classic title crawl to begin. For many of the reasons I was excited, uh, the setup uh, by J.J. Abrams with regards to Rey's parentage, Snoke's background, Luke's whereabouts since Return of the Jedi, Finn's development away from the First Order, all great plot points to expand on, but all were thrown away. Uh, as if the scene returning to Luke on Act 2, uh, having been handed the saber from Rey, continuing on from the final scenes from The Force Awakens, was a big two fingers up to Abram. Uh, yeah, thanks for the starting point, thanks for the build-up, now fuck off, thrown away like a lightsaber over the shoulder. Uh, I'm going to do my own thing. But Kathleen Kennedy must have been happy with this. More on that towards the end. Mm. Uh, however, prior to that, the post-crawl opening battle just didn't sit well with me, and it was due in large parts to why the film didn't work to me in general. The forced humour. Let's break down the opening scene. Spoilers for those that haven't seen it. Visually, it was spectacular. But immediately, Poe and BB-8 in a single X-Wing facing down the might of the First Order in what can only be described as a Bart Simpson Moe's Tavern prank call. <laughs> Why? It wasn't for the benefit of the fleeing rebel scum on the surface but to charge the super-duper engine boost and for comedic effect. Now, I don't know about you, but surely you go into battle with all your shit together charged up. So immediately, my nose was out of joint. <coughs> this then leads on to the first introduction of new technology and ideas, hyperspace tracking, something some have expressed issue with, but was actually cleverly put in place in Rogue One when Jin Erso is reading through the project names in the data vault before hitting on Stardust, hyperspace tracking was mentioned. So I was fine with that. Christ, uh, you got to have, have a sharp eye for that one. Yep, uh, I, I definitely didn't notice that. and uh, Not that I had an issue with it anyway. I don't know why anyone would give a shit about that. Um, but anyway, has anyone got any, any thoughts to jump in with yet here? I don't know. No, let's just keep it going. <laughs> let's keep it going. Long way to go yet. <laughs> uh, and then begins the long, drawn-out, slow-crawl space chase between the First Order and the Resistance. Again, this I did not have a problem with. For me, it evoked memories of watching the likes of Master and Commander, tactics used to keep the long guns at arm's length. I genuinely think that not only the director, but Disney had an opportunity to deal with the unfortunate death of Carrie Fisher by writing her out of the film at the point of her Mary Poppins jaunt through space. <laughs> uh, to be honest, she wasn't in many more key scenes that couldn't have been reshot. I'm assuming Disney wanted to respect her performance as a whole and not touch it, allowing both Hamill and Fisher to share their scene at the end. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. But it doesn't make sense the way that the let her float back onto the ship. No. Like Mary Poppins said no, that. That definitely we, does we had not the perfect make sense. There just to kill her off. Uh, however, they have left Abrams with the task of picking up the pieces of that, but more on that towards the end. But then what follows? Well, just utter dross. The film for me was about <laughs> 35 to 40 minutes too long, and you could have easily been more creative with Code Breakers and done away with Canto Bite. Uh, what a waste of my time. Now, die-hard fans will cite that Canto Bite is canon, 
It features heavily in novels, uh, no doubt, but I feel its inclusion was to further Ryan Johnson's own agenda. More on that towards the end. A theme is developing here. And a lot of the characters that featured as mere cameos actually come from novels or the Clone Wars series. But for me, it was more reminiscent of the style and feel of the world-building of the prequel trilogy, and that was equally as hideously handled. So for me, the whole section on Canto Bite within the first hour of the film was just awful. Really, really bad, in fact. Are you guys still there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The point at which the Star Wars film actually began for me was when Rey and Luke have their showdown on Act 2, and to be fair, most of the preceding scenes on Act 2 is included in that. Leading her on her Empire-like return to help her friends, everything that followed was just glorious. The throne room showdown was easily the best set piece in any Star Wars film, in my opinion, and this is largely down to the performances of both Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley. But the overall choreography, the visuals, just sublime. I could watch it over and over again. A close second to that was the Battle of Crate. Visually was just stunning, and I won't lie, I lost it at the Falcon, piloted by Chewie slaloming its way through the caverns below the salt flats to the classic John Williams score of old. It was sexual, almost. (laughs) And in 3D, both of those scenes just worked. Every conceivable detail and beat was on point. I'm not advocating the formats, but it just looked amazing. Even the ending with Luke's astral projection, along with Rey and Ben's force... Uh, Force Bridge uh, is one I didn't have an issue with at all. I can understand people's frustrations at some of the new ideas, but George Lucas was pissing about with new ideas long before. In the prequel trilogies, uh, think Force, Flash Running, and Midichlorians. So do we truly understand the extent of the Force powers? Is there more to it? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know if we can just kind of stay on this point for a few seconds. Um... I kind of see your point there, Ben, but I, I feel like, you know, I don't like how it was done in the prequel either. Like, that, that yeah, the, the super fast running in the prequels is absolutely retarded. <laughs> um, it's just the whole, it's just the ambiguity of the whole thing that it's just, and it's just, it's just been kind of pissed around with so much that it seems to contradict itself, the whole force thing. So... Yeah, yeah, it's disappointing now. I mean, who actually knows the rules? Because I certainly don't. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's what he's—that's what he's getting at here—is that there aren't, you know, there aren't necessarily any rules. So why not throw in a few uh, twists here and there with what you can do with it? But to me, it just—it just gets a bit annoying. Uh, I continue on. Uh, it's hard to try and summarize all my feelings on the film. <laughs> Uh, and and not take up much more of your time with it. Um, But it was very much a film of two halves. The things I had a problem with, the handling of Carrie Fisher's death away from the film, leaving a mess of wrapping that up uh, that I hope doesn't result in CGI layer again. Canto bite, canto shite, uh, (laughs) and the forced humour. I didn't even mind the Porgs. Actually, they gave me probably one of the genuinely funny moments in the film, with Chewie roasting Porgs to eat. But ultimately, no, I left no, underwhelmed no, with Snoke no. just being nobody, that, that Ray is just a nobody, funnier. and Finn's character remaining largely underdeveloped and underused. So, in short, 
Dispensing with all the hard work Abrams had done with The Force Awakens and giving us new characters and a new direction to go in after uh, giving the fans what they wanted. A triumphant return to the Star Wars universe. Let's hope he can sort it out and round off his trilogy nicely. But here is where all the towards the end comes to Fuck me. Here is where all the towards the end comes into it. Um, Kathleen Kennedy and her Disney cronies must have liked it, must have signed off on the idea of dispensing with the groundwork put in by Abrams, because they have gifted Johnson with the new trilogy. And this is where my second and third viewings helped with some of my thoughts on this. They will eventually take this away from being about lineage, about this being about the Skywalker bloodline. They have reinforced the idea that anyone can have the powers of a Jedi or a Sith, uh, Rey and Snoke as an example. This was further enhanced with the young boy at the end, the closing shot of him force-grabbing the broom and holding it aloft like a lightsaber, looking up to the stars. So then I began to get excited about the future, where it could all go. Genuinely new territory. Maybe, uh, maybe to the outer regions, the rumoured origin of Snoke. Finally, what did I like? I loved Adam Driver. His performance just carried the unfamiliarity of the Force Bridge scenes easily. Here, here. The two main he was scenes brilliant. I mentioned earlier, uh, outstanding. Uh, the whole, the whole second half of the film was great. It's frustrating because while the film gave me two of my favorite moments so far in this universe, the film frustrated me with things that annoyed me about the prequels. My mood improved when seeing them at a more sociable hour, a second and third time, and some of my reservations about Johnson's direction have appeased somewhat. But it will be a hell of a long wait to see if that has paid off. In the meantime, I just hope J.J. Abrams can wrap this up nicely. So all in all, the grand scheme of scoring it, I would probably weight it at about 6.5 out of 10. It was not anywhere near my top 10 at all, but equally, it was quite some distance from the worst films of the year, thankfully. Anyway, sorry for taking up so much of your time. Welcome back. It's a great pleasure to see my phone notify me of new content from you guys. So keep up the good work, (laughs) Ben. Oh, thank you, Ben. That's so nice to hear. Thank you very much, Ben. That yeah. was 1,639 words of pure pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks, Ben. Uh, I, we appreciate the effort you've put in there, and I can sense your passion. Mm. Yeah, you definitely put a lot into that, and uh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate you putting the time into uh, uh, contacting us. Yeah, and, and, also, um, and also not not just for the letter, but thank you for promoting us on Twitter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, on to um, your actual thoughts. I feel like I feel like you seem to be pretty much in agreement with most of the things we said. I don't I don't know if anyone else got yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. I, I I did get that. Um, Although whether I mean I've only seen it. I think we've all only seen it once. So maybe yeah. Whether whether a, a second or third viewing would make it better for us, I don't know. Maybe after the the hype has gone down, maybe mm. uh, maybe we'd like it more. But your overall yeah. your overall rating six point five. That's pretty much around what we said, isn't it? Yeah, I have heard of a lot of people who who um, came away came away after the first viewing with quite a negative reaction, but then after another viewing, it did ease a little bit. Mm. Um, so maybe it's just yeah, maybe it's just that initial disappointment of not quite being what you really wanted it to be. But then perhaps after you see it again, you can maybe appreciate a bit more of what Ryan Johnson's tried to do. Um, but yeah, it, it seems pretty in, in touch with us. I mean, I liked it obviously more than, more than you two. Yeah. Um, but he's, he seems to be in agreement with you and Henry. 
I mean, we all said the uh, the the show the showdown in the throne room that we all loved that, didn't we? Yeah, that was awesome. Mm. That was a pretty amazing scene. So I definitely agree with you on that point. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I I can't really find anything here that I would completely disagree with. Although actually, yeah, I didn't really care for the porgs, and you said you did. So but I mm. guess that's kind of yeah. Because just... I think I was saying, Rich, I don't think you've I don't think you heard me. No, go on. Um, but the pork scene, he said it's the funniest scene in the film. Ben said it was the funniest scene. I felt it could have been a lot more funnier hmm. if um, it have, he would have eaten them all or whatever he did. I can't really remember the exact thing <laughs> no, now. But I agree. I remember I remember us saying that the porks didn't really offer anything and they could have been used a lot more better than um, they were. Yeah. yeah. In The Force Awakens, we had a bit of comic small characters. Yeah, they definitely could have. I mean... The way they were left, they just kind of felt like just there so that they could sell merch. But merch, mate, that's all. It, that's all. The, that's their only purpose. That's what it comes down to, yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree that that whole thing with the the roasting of the pork and then Chewie feels bad about it. That definitely could have been funnier. Yeah. No, I didn't know Chewie was a vegan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, has anyone got anything else that they want to kind of bring up about Ben's points there? Um, just that I agree with the fact that he loved Adam Driver. I thought he was incredible. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's the best thing in it by Country Mile. Yep. Okay. Very good email there, uh, Ben. And uh, definitely look forward to hearing more from you in the future. So thanks a lot. Mm, cheers, Ben. Yes, Thank thanks, you. buddy. All right. And with that, I think uh, I think we're about ready wow. to, to end it. Yeah. Oh my gusted, yeah. <laughs> what a bitch. What an absolute bitch that was. <laughs> How long is that, Richie? Uh, it's pretty much the same length as the last one. Is it? Yeah. We did more films this time, didn't we? I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But, we managed, but to, no. we managed to keep it pretty pretty tight, I think. I don't think the next episode will be this long, though, will it? No, no. No, I mean, it, it depends when we can all get together, but it's just because, yeah. obviously, there's a lot of film stuff going on, so... But... But having said yeah. that, but having said that, we'll have seen Phantom Thread, Shape of Water, and Ladybird. <laughs> Good point. Well, some of you might have, not all of us will have. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's been good, and uh, can't wait to provide Ben with another notification. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, then uh, I guess we'll just move on to say that you can email us at filmnightatyahoo.co.uk if you want. Please follow us on Twitter at filmnight underscore and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher or any other podcast that you found us on. Other than that, unless anybody's got anything else they'd like to say. No. no. Then I guess I'll say it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs> <laughs>